are you sitting like that? Because he's it's like it's like you standing in the doorway. He's him with the lights all 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 over again. He's because him. I'm him. I don't like because I'm him. You're not here with Kurt back, Welcome and back to the sporting lounge. It's information here, Shane. Uh, I don't got a fucking voice tonight. I'm too busy getting fucking dunked on by everybody else to fucking get the intro going. So here I am with no fucking voice introducing everybody. Here I am, information. Shane, to my right, we got Travis T. Rizzle, little lame ass motherfucker. And then the lamest motherfucker next to him, Austin, fucking bum ass dude. I don't give a fuck about him. I hope he dies in a tragic fire. Anyways, we're here to talk about fantasy football. NFL Week 5 results and NFL Week 6 predictions. Let's go ahead and get this thing out the road. All right. Number one overall. You, you sound and look like Beaker from the Muppets. The top of the block. Nope. Chase Claypool uh, got traded to the Miami Dolphins. Was the Chase Claypool Steelers trade the worst trade of all time? Yes or no? Of all time. Yes. Of all time. Like, Chase there's is been horrible. bad trades. There's been bad trades. But you got to keep in mind that Chase Claypool trade was a first-round pick for Chase Claypool. It was actually a first-round pick for Chase Claypool. It was a second-round pick, but the Dolphins didn't get the first-round pick. So it ended up only being a 31-pick first round. The Steelers obtained the first overall pick in the second round because the Bears were so ass. And they got Joey Porter Jr. from that pick, who has only allowed... One you reception for 12 yards and a 0. 0.0. I want to know what Sarah just said about you. What? Say it. She's like, Shane sounds like he hit reverse puberty. It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. I'm not sure it's the worst trade. I think uh, what's up there for the worst trade, though, is Mitchell Trubisky back in 2018 with the Bears. Um, you could almost argue Carson Wentz. You could argue that trade as being the worst. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That that's that was a pretty bad trade. Some someone get a ban on Lady Chulo right now. <laughs> get her out of my fucking chat. I don't want her here. I don't want her here. Uh second it. You know, I almost dive bombed through that woman's car one time. I remember that. Yeah. That was fun. <laughs> Yeah, it seems like the Bears front office is bad, bad right now. You're right about the Mitch Trubisky trade. Well, like, I think the only thing they've done right was the amount of capital they got back for the number one overall pick. That's like the only thing I think they did right. I think that saved well, them. And then also, like, they didn't retain Khalil Mack. Yeah. yeah. Like, bro, there's been so much good talent that's came through Chicago. Roquan Smith. You know, like, there's a lot of really good talent. Eddie Jackson is still, I, I believe he's gotten to the age where he's going to go ahead and start falling off. But, you know, the Bears essentially deteriorated and wasted that man's whole career. Um, yeah. And that sucks because Eddie Jackson is a great player. But that does lead me into my first match of week five that I want to review. Steelers-Ravens. I was gonna, <laughs> you went there. Oh, my. <laughs> do we want to do that one right now? We can. I, I was going to do bears counties. Yes, yeah, Bears, 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 Bears what? Bears counties? Commies. Communist. I mean, this is Washington. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I Washington. Can't see the very well, but I think it's pretty evident that the that Matt Canada is not the problem and that it is in fact Kenny Pickett. Are are we just going to Steelers? Okay. 
Yeah, I agree. I'm just <laughs> I agree, Matt Canada isn't the problem. Mike Tomlin isn't the problem. The offensive line is not the problem. I can't tell. Why are dropping the balls? It's not the problem. It's all fucking Kenny Pickett. It's all Kenny Pickett. And, you know, Kenny Pickett, what a fucking dumbass. For, you know, on a game-winning drive, yelled, Randy, Randy, <laughs> Randy. Going for the <laughs> boss route. Getting it to Pickens. 1v1 coverage. He knew what was going to happen, and we all did. Charlie Marlon mm-hmm. Humphrey, you got fucking roasted. That shit was sad. I shed a tear for him. I felt bad. Um, in all reality, I- you know, here's the thing. <clears throat> On a serious note, Kenny Pickett did show strides of improvement. Um, even though Cam Canada is like not helping him at all. You know, oh, the Steelers yeah. score a touchdown, that's a game winning touchdown. That touchdown won the Steelers that game. And you look up in the booth and Matt Candace just like Yep. I saw that. Yeah, that, that got like, played so much. He he like knows that I, I I'm surprised we haven't had an announcement already that he's fired, to be honest. Like he needs to go. It's just it's just like, not the way the Steelers do it. There, to be mm-hmm. fair, like if you look at all, if you were to just look at all the stats, just look at the box score of the Steelers Ravens game, you'd be like, "How the hell did the Steelers win?" And to be fair, that, to, to the fact that they're first in their division with the way, like with the way the offense is being ran, they a testament to their defense. That's what I was about um, to say. But is there a real like, discussion could, to if, be had? If, if they could even the just have an average defense. offense, it's just it's that bad. If they could just have an yep. average offense, they'd actually be a real threat in the AFC this year because there's I don't think all the top tier teams in the AFC haven't quite lived up to the expectations that people expected so far. I think the AFC it, is wide open right now. Is there another team that has a defense that can win them games and keep them alive in games like the Steelers defense has done this season? You could say the 49ers might be able to. They haven't yet. I think maybe the Jets, but they don't have the offense. Again, they don't have I the mean, wins. They don't yeah. have the wins to back that statement up either. The yeah. Steelers have the wins. The Steelers have acquired those wins through hard, gritty, nose, hard-nosed mm-hmm. defense. They I, I did think, it. I think with the Steelers win, right, I think it was really two things. <laughs> One, their defense played well, but also the bigger story, for me at least, is that the – Ravens wide receivers single handed in that game. Lost in that game. Butterfingles? Yeah, exactly. They dropped a couple. There was like, what, two touchdowns dropped? Yeah. Yeah, and multiple other drops that, you know, when they were driving that kind of stalled stalled their drive. So I think that's a a pretty big story that the, the Ravens wide receivers, at least from the Ravens side of the ball, lost in the game. Yep. Yeah, like, you know, it's one of those things where, like, it is horrible when it's like, I hate seeing it. It's not fun football when that shit happens, you know? Um, and as a Steelers fan, this was one of the few times I wanted the Steelers to lose because they came out before the game. There's like news articles that are coming out like around 11 a.m. on Sunday saying that the Steelers lose this game. Canada's, Canada's gone. gone. And then, well, the way it was phrased was if the Steelers have another bad offensive performance, Canada's gone. And they technically and they, did. And they had a horrible offensive performance. They were bad on offense. Pickens Another was the three hundred yard week. I would say Pickens was the only one that was good. Yeah. Pickett Pickett was pretty solid, honestly, and Jalen Warren was a stud. But like 
here's the thing, you know, like Broderick Jones, he's looking like a true starting left tackle. That's a good thing for that offense. Chuck mm-hmm. Sakofor is not looking legit. The rest of that offensive line, you know, after I'm watching the All-22, I've, I've not been a big fan of Mason Cole this season. But, you know, you're watching the pocket, like, that Kenny's getting. All the pressure's coming on the right side, if any pressure's really coming at all. And it's one of those things where, like, they're not utilizing that time. I've never seen... I've never seen a quarterback drop back into such a set pocket so consistently and not be able to air the ball out. Like, okay. <clears throat> so I want to ask you one question, really. Um, mm-hmm. and, and ignore the play calling, right? Ignore the sure. play calling and all that. Um, what do you see as the Steelers' single greatest weakness through five weeks? Like, position-wise. Like, it can be position-wise. Positionally? Like, it, yeah, yeah. But, like, it, just ignoring the play calling. So we can't honestly. You can't default to Matt Canada then, right? Exactly. Okay. I think I think it's been uh, rushing block, rush blocking. Um, like it, it's tough. You kind of put me in a weird position because, like, you could say mm-hmm. rush blocking is like a part of play design and like play calling, but like, right? Well, and I said it like that. Okay. I said it. I just said it like that because I didn't want you to default to Matt Canada. Okay, it was my answer acceptable to what you were seeking then. Yeah, and I can yeah, get yeah. into my reasoning on why I was hesitant to even say that based on the guidelines I was given. Is the yeah, thing I is, just, the I just didn't offense... want you to. I just didn't want you to default to Matt Canada because I figured you would have. For sure, the Steelers' offensive line, like the thing is, you're looking at it and like they are actually pretty good on pass blocking. Like you watch on pass blocking downs, Kenny's mm-hmm. getting a lot of time. Usually, you know, there's the occasional down where he's getting pressured, but every quarterback's got to deal with that, and that's just part of the fucking game. But overall, he's doing pretty well. I don't have an exact stat in front of me, but. After watching the All-22 today, um, it was the last game I watched. You guys know that I watch every other game except the Steelers because on Sunday, that's the game I always watch live. So I finished up with my Steelers-Ravens All-22. And the thing is, when I'm watching the All-22, it doesn't feel like there's enough opportunities for, you know, Najee to, like, get through. Like, mm-hmm. And the thing is, Najee's grinding down defenses. It's just, like, we need to not let that big body of a running back get touched within two yards every time. We need to get him three yards of separation on every rush. And that's mm-hmm. that's how Derrick Henry is so dominant. Once you get Derrick Henry or a Jerome Bettis or a Marshall Falk running downhill, they're hard to stop. Yeah. You, like, but you need to get them going downhill. Otherwise, they're not that great. You know, like, you get to see that dichotomy perfectly with the career of Ray Rice. Yes. You know, Ray Rice, on years that he was able to be very efficient and be a very elite power back, it, he was able to come downhill very effectively. Mm-hmm. His offensive line was getting him three, four yards of separation, and he was having a 100-yard game every other week, at least, on the ground. And then, you know, when he wasn't able to get that, you know, he wasn't even an RB3 in most fantasy leagues because his production mm-hmm. wasn't there. Najee's a similar back because he's a power back. Jalen Warren's able to excel in this because he's a one-step speed guy that's able to go ahead and shift through the offensive line and dance. So, like, when you're looking at the Najee versus Jalen comparison – that's a big thing of it. And then also you look at that offensive line and how they've been blocking. You know, it does go back to scheming because this offensive line, their talent is in double blocking. So, you know, getting guys doubled up on the line, you know, if you're running into a 4-3 scheme and you're going to be running, you're going to have six guys on the line, including your tight end. Darnell Washington's probably going to be a blocker with Pat Fryermuth out especially. You're going to mm-hmm. have six guys pushing down the field. You get a double team stuck on two guys. And once that, te- once that double team's won, you're moving to the second level, and you're getting that space. That's how the Steelers should be running the ball because that's how their offensive line's built. That's what they're built to accelerate at. You know, Isaac Samal, he he's made a career on that, and they're not doing that. They acquired him in free agency this offseason. 
Broderick Jones. He doesn't need the double team assistance. So you know you could go ahead and throw your double team on the other side with Chuck's core for where he's mm-hmm. on he's just going to have to deal with a stronger rusher and all that and then move down the field. You got a guy like Mason Cole who can help on that double team and pick up a middle linebacker. And he's proven he's able to do that. And then, you know, right next to him, you might have Nate Herbig. It depends on what set the running, but it seems like Nate Herbig's been getting a significant more talent snaps. So, you know, Nate Herbig is able to do that too. And he's made a whole career on being a road warrior. And that that's that. You know, don't be running this zone fucking rush offense when you have when you have bowling balls on your offensive line. You built your offensive line with a scheme in mind, and you're not <laughs> Run running between the scheme. tackles. Run between the tackles. Exactly. Don't be trying to pop out to the hashes every fucking mm-hmm. time. And motherfucker. Especially when God especially Almighty. when players are already gonna naturally like play outside for Najee anyways, because he's a receiving back. Like, exactly. Yeah. Put him in Take advantage. Use his, yep, use his big Shove body. Shove it down their fucking throat. And the thing is with Najee, he's the type of fucker you can give 25 carries, and he's averaging 3.8 yards per rush. But Bring Darnell's big ass in motion and have him fucking be a run blocker in front of him. Yep. Yeah, do something. Because, okay, if the Steelers get 3.5 yards per carry with Najee, do they win that game? Yes or no? Probably. Yeah, they, won, they won anyways. I mean, yeah. I'm, just saying, I'm just saying in general, against any opponent, the Steelers, Najee Harris gets 3.5 yards per carry. Are they winning that game? Assume, Probably. Uh, we're assuming it's not less than 10 carries or some shit. We're assuming like 15 to 25 carries. So let's say 20. So, you know, you go ahead and do the fucking math. It's like, what? Fucking on 20 70. carries. It's like yeah, 70, 70 yards. yards. 70 yards on the ground. If Najee gets 70 yards on the ground, do the Steelers win every game? Not every game, s- but. Not every game, because I think he did. Ha- I think the one game that I, he had I, 70 yards, they lost two weeks ago. Okay, let me but counter I, you with I, this point. I, I, I think their offense will the, look much better, though. Yes. Let me counter you with be, this. On a week-to-week basis, they would be harder to beat. Because here's the thing. The Steelers haven't won time of possession one time this season. Maybe against yeah, the Raiders. Yeah, if, like run, if he's seconds. running effectively like that, then they're controlling the clock more. Yeah. So. Imagine, imagine that Steelers defense when they're only on the field for 25 minutes instead of 35 minutes. Mm-hmm. That's a scary difference. And that's why, like, that's why I'm saying that. It's like, Imagine Najee gets 70 yards per week on the ground. Who's stopping that team? Sure, you can stop Kenny Pickett. Sure, Matt Canada might suck. But when it comes mm-hmm. down to the nitty and gritty, who the fuck's stopping that team if Najee gets 70 yards per week? That's it. That's all me. you need. No, you're not. What did you say, Travis? Mullet-ass, bum-ass, <laughs> fucking bum. I don't, I, I don't even got enough words to describe you because... Being around you lowers my fucking vocabulary because I lose brain cells being in the same room as you. You can lose some brain cells. That's only with Ben. Uh, Bears, Redskins, guys. <laughs> Redskins, Bear. huh? Commies. <laughs> I mean, I've, I love the I did hear that there's like a petition Bears to change Commander. the name back. But, man, Bears, Commanders, I expected not a blowout like that. I expected, I mean, I'm not necessarily surprised that Bears won. But, I didn't expect it like that. Yeah, DJ DJ I, Moore I, is the I, in the defense of the reason that Bears won. They yeah, stopped. 230, 230 of his two hundred eighty yards went to DJ Moore. Yeah, the big the big thing too is like even with that the defense like they they held Brian Robinson or they they held the entire Washington team to twenty nine rushing yards total on the day. 
Brian Robinson had six carries for 10 yards. <laughs> and Sam Howell was the leading rusher with four for 19. Yeah, Sam I wish Howell I played cares. him. <laughs> I, I wish I played him. Yeah, Sam, Sam Howell like looks 30 to be, points. Sam Howell points. looks to be legit, and I think you can comfortably, especially in two QB leagues and Every dynasty dog formats. Sam, no, Sam Howell, I think you can start in two QB leagues moving forward. I was talking about the Bears. Bears, yeah. Every dog has their day. Sam Howell, I'm comfortable with starting. I think he's a, I think he's a super flex starter, and I think that he's proven that. Um, you know, the thing is, I, I think the, I think like, the Bears be defense has been team. underperforming so far. The defense has at least 100. percent Yeah. You know, we got to see what the Bears team was supposed to look like on Sunday or on Thursday this yeah. week. Mm-hmm. Um, we got to see what that Bears team was supposed to look like. That's that was the performance that you know when I'm in the offseason saying. I think the Bears might win the NFC North. That's how they do it. If their defense, yep. I mean, I'll give their defense a pass because they had to get used to playing with each other on the field, like an actual yep. game scenario. And a lot of their new parts were linebackers, so they even <laughs> got to feel out, feel that out, and that's an important one. But yep. Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards, Tremaine's an All Pro caliber linebacker, and TJ's an All as a Pro Bowl caliber linebacker. Yeah. So. I mean, then, they, they, they have a lot of talent, especially with Yannick on the line and Eddie Jackson, you know. But Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the big think, thing with that game, too, is, like, you know, Tevin Jenkins coming back, uh, their other starting guard. I, I'll say it once and I'll say it again. Tevin Jenkins is the best fucking guard in the NFL. And if you don't think so, you, you don't know how offensive linemen are supposed to block or you don't watch enough film, other than Quinn Nelson, of course. He, he mm-hmm. has that crown, but. You know, outside of Quinn Nelson, Jenkins is the best. And you, there's an argument that I'd rather have Jenkins on my team than Nelson, too. Okay. At this point. Just because of age and because of trajectory yeah. of where Jenkins is. Jenkins is him. And I think I think the key player this week was Jenkins. You watch that all-22 work. Justin Fields has all day in the pocket. Yep. Oh, DJ Moore's open? <laughs> Dink. And he's just sitting there thinking like that all day. You get to do that all day, you're going to shred up a lot of teams. And that was a good. That was against a good commander's defense. A, a proven commander's defense. When yeah, they, they usually keeps well them in games. Point. Yeah, and mm-hmm. the, Bears, the Bears showed them what they were made of. And I think, I think them getting their offensive line back to good health and getting Tevin Jenkins back specifically, that is going to be a huge impact for the Bears throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, and is there a chance that the Bears can turn this thing around? There's plenty of time. I think the rest of the division is weak enough that I don't. I don't know if they can beat the Lions. I think the Lions are really good right now. I, they're good, but, but it, I it's. I think they could. But I do think that the Bears 100 percent that they. I'm not saying that they need to show up and just start smacking everybody. I don't expect that like week in and week out. But if they play even 75% to that level for the most of the rest mm-hmm. of the season, they'll they'll at least finish second in the division. What's crazy to me is that DJ Moore got 230 yards and then Cole Komet got 42 more of those yards. So, and then two people caught 10 yards after that. That And Cole Komet still had a very good fantasy day. It's still for a tight I, I, act, I actually like him for fantasy moving forward, especially in dynasty formats. Yeah, he's, he had like 15 points. He's been kind day. of solid this year. He's Honestly, as far as tight ends go, at least, mm-hmm. I mean. But can we hear it reverse a little bit? Chat, what, Chat was talking a lot about that Steelers game. All right, and <laughs> there's a couple points I want to circle. On. 
I didn't notice it until we started talking about communist bears. Um, so chat was saying run blocking was their biggest weakness as well. I didn't even see chat, by the way. So I'm glad that mm-hmm, Chad and I had mm-hmm. the same opinion on run blocking being the weakest aspect <laughs> of the game. But I think it's a schematical thing rather than a talent thing. Um, and that's not, like, you said not including Matt Kanda, but, like, it's a mm-hmm. big deal because it's like, you know, when you're saying there's an issue, you got to evaluate on which side is the issue. Is it a schematic issue or is it a talent issue? You know, when you got a yeah. guy like Kendrick Green, who, like, schematically wasn't fitting in with the Steelers, you got a guy like Kevin Dotson that wasn't fitting in schematically with the Steelers, and then they go to the Rams and Texans, or Texans and Rams, respectively, uh, Dotson to the Rams, Green to the Texans, and they go and ball out the first week that they're there, and they put on a dominant performance and prove why mm-hmm. they should have been on the Steelers still, and that they didn't need to be replaced. That leaves a bad taste in your mouth, especially as a Steelers fan, and especially right. when you're like looking at a guy like Matt Cannon. Um, Chad was also saying something about, you know, road graders. I don't know what a road grader is. I've heard the term road raider. And not using them to their strengths in run games. They're saying you want four yards per carry on the ground. Four yards per carry, that's a good game. 3.5, that's an average game. Because 3.5, 7, 10, and a half. You get a first down if you're running 3.5 yards per carry with half a yard to spare. So, on an average game... The most mediocre week of a fucking That's why Jerome back. Bettis was so good because he only had yeah. that like three point something yards per carry 3. for his 6. career, but yeah, but he uh he's he was gonna get it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and when you talk about powerbacks, you know, like this is kind of my philosophy with powerbacks. Like yards per carry is as effective, but they need to have the touchdown to make up for it, you know what I mean? Um but yeah. Okay. Sorry, I wanted to circle back on that no, for that's chat. That's fine. I, I like that. I like, I like that. It. Let's keep the chat interactive. But back to Cole yeah. for Matt. Like, I think he, he's an instant. He's a he's a sit and start for the rest of this for the rest of the season. He finishes in our league, scoring at least seventh in PPR for tight ends last year, and he's currently uh, tight end four in our league. And in, in our league, it goes right now: Sam Laporta, Travis Kelsey, T.J. Hawkinson, Cole Komet. Those are the top four tight ends. Mm-hmm. I like that. He's great. He's doing good. I think he's a start. Do we think that DJ? I mean, obviously, we, we're not expecting a fifty-plus blow-up point blow-up from anybody very often. But DJ Moore is he a now high-end wide receiver two, low-end wide receiver one moving forward the rest of the season? I mean, like you drafted him mm-hmm. at that position. If you got DJ Moore, you're drafting him at that position where you're expecting him to be your WR two. You know. Like, realistically, you're probably getting him in the fifth or sixth round. Like, that's a pretty high pick in fantasy. And I'd probably be playing him every week. Yeah, I, I think I think just, like, with how your roster is probably going to have to end up being built, if you're not confident in DJ Moore, dump him now. Dump <laughs> him this week. I just traded him. Yeah, if you're not confident in him, dump him right now. If you that are confident, confident in him, him, if you are confident in him, hold on to him. And mm-hmm. let it ride. But you got to, with the value that you put on him, you got to recognize he's probably going to be a boomer bust prospect, not because of his talent, but because Justin Fields is passing him the ball, which, although he did have a fantastic and amazing game. He's had a last good expect, two weeks. He's had a good two weeks. And, you know, as I said, it. let me ask you this. 
do you think do you think that Bears offensive line with Tevin Jenkins improves enough where DJ Moore is going to become a number one wide receiver? It's Not fantasy. Possibly. It depends like in a 10 team league, maybe not, but a 12 or 14 team league, yes. Um, he's currently wide receiver four in our format. And I do not expect him to hold like I did sell him high because of that. I did not I don't expect him to stay like that. I don't or see even, him being four like or that, even top man. ten. But like I think his let's see. In in our league format, hmm. what's what's his season finish high? Well you bring that up. That has you know, been uh, on, yeah. I think I think it's like twenty one is his high. Let me check. You yeah, know, the Panthers. Like, Darnell Mooney. Are you, how are you guys feeling about Darnell Mooney after this week? Droppable. Droppable? Yeah. Entering okay. that territory, yeah. Okay, so his best so season too. was 2019. He finished his wide receiver 16. Then he was 20, 23rd in 2020. 20, uh, 2021, he was 18th. Then last year, he was 24th. Mm-hmm. I think that he would be... He's not. He's going to be anywhere between 15 and 20, again, I think, in my opinion. But I don't think that top five is going to hold. So... No, it's definitely not. But I do think that he could potentially be slightly more consistent this season than he has been than he than he ever was with Carolina, where he was just six points, eight points, seven points, thirty points randomly three times you, a year, you, you know. So you think his floor is gonna be like twelve points type of thing? Yeah, he's he's been pretty solid. Yeah, he, I think he's only scored under fourteen points in our league once this season. I think it was week one and he's been pretty steady mm-hmm. ever since yeah i kind of see his floor as you know 12 to 12 to 13 point range um i mean he's gonna have his blow games like we saw every receiver is like you know, we saw jamar chase last week with fucking like 65 points i think it was i think his ceiling's still the same as it was in carolina but i think his floor is a little higher now yeah i think i think they definitely mm-hmm, for sure. the concrete on that and races basement a little bit up speaking of concrete let's take a trip out to london Jags. They Jaguars. might as well just build. They Bills. might as well just put a Jaguar logo in London because they're London. Yeah, they're London good out should there. just be a Jaguar now. They're they're good out there. They are good out there. They beat they beat Buffalo. They really did. Like, I feel like it was a fundamental beat. Like, I feel like you know, although Josh Allen did pass for three hundred fifty nine yards, like they just held the game. I felt like. Watching the game, it felt like the Jaguars just had control, and like Josh yeah, Allen just they, had to keep passing the ball, and they had they kept making him drop back, and that's what you want to do, you know, when you're playing against Josh Allen, you get pressure on him, you make it so he has to throw the ball. Um, although he did have that flashy 359 yards passing, the Buffalo Bills as a team only got 33 yards on the ground. Yeah, I mean, I mean, so like <clears throat> my big my big takeaway. From from watching that game was the Jags had all the energy, they had all yep. the momentum, and never fe- feel like the the Bills were ever in the game. Always felt like the Jags had control, and that's huge. Yep. So I'm very impressed with the Jags kind of bounce back from a, a rough couple weeks. I would say Lawrence so. played really well, but Ridley had a good game. Kirk mm-hmm. was playable. Travis Etienne but, but had Travis a good game. E- Travis Etienne had best game of his career so far. Yeah, I mean, against, he was bound was to against, break out like that. And it was against a quality opponent, too, so that's even better. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm so happy Calvin Ridley's looking like a stud. It's, I think, I mean... I bet on him, you know what I mean? Yeah, I was going to say, the Bills being held to only 33 total him. rushing yards. 
Well, I think it was 29 because James Cook had negative four. But uh, so net yards, I think they had 29 on the ground. Mm-hmm. But that, but how much of it? I mean, Lawrence bounced back and Eaton had a great game as well and Ridley. But yeah, how much he, of that was how much of that was jet lag from the Bills and their first game this season without Tre'Davious White also. Whereas Jacksonville's been in London for two and a half weeks and is used to it. I mean, they haven't. They weren't in London for that long, though. So they played in London they two weeks flew- in a row. Did they? Well, anyways, I don't really care. Fuck the <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad Jacksonville won. No, but that's what I. That's what I mean. Like, if if the phrase "any given Sunday" was like a personification or something, it's like the entire AFC conference right now. And whereas mm-hmm. I think like there's a hierarchy in the NFC and I and I think it goes 49ers, Eagles, Lions or Seahawks, whatever you want. And then even though the Cowboys just got wrecked, I still think it's the Cowboys. And unfortunately, but, mm-hmm. and then after that, it's whatever. Whereas I have no idea who's number one in the AFC. I mean, by record, I guess you can say the chiefs are still, but I still, I, I don't trust it as much this year. I don't. What were the teams you said in the NFC again? I would say San Fran's one in the NFC. The Eagles are two. And then if you I'll take either Detroit or the Seahawks since Seattle actually beat us. And then after that, that, so that's three and four interchangeable between the Lions and Seahawks. And then I'll still take Dallas or maybe the Bucks. I wouldn't put the Bucks. They're three and one. What about the Rams then? What about the Falcons? You know, I have no, no faith in, in a Baker Mayfield led team. Neither do I, but um, you know when when a team is three and one, you do have to put respect on it. Nope, nope, <laughs> nope. He he, he, sure, he sure fucking don't. Rams, you sure. I'll take the Rams over the Bucks all day. That's wild, bro. You know, speaking of the Rams, greatest show on turf. I was watching a documentary what a good, what about a good that movie. earlier. That's a great yeah. ass movie. Yeah, and Travis, have you seen you know, it? Yeah. The Saints, they put the greatest show on turf on your Patriots, my friend. <laughs> yeah, Anyways, Falcons versus Texans next up on okay, the list. We can go ahead. We can... <laughs> I was I was, I, I, was, I, was I, I was just going off the list. I had. We can talk about the Patriots Cowboys game. I'm cool with that. Um, Patriots Saints, you mean? Yeah, whatever. You're so same stupid, damn bro. thing. It's it's so embarrassing. You're so, being you're so ugly, you. bro. It's you're so, so embarrassing ugly. being around you because you're so it's, stupid. You're so ugly, dude. <laughs> well, I am stupid. So I joined ugly. the military, so there's that. There you go. There you go. That's why I've gotten you crayons for Christmas every, like the last five years. You've never got me crayons. Oh, well, you're about to get a lot then because I got I'm five years worth to come. Funny story. Funny story. I was talking to someone at work and I told him how I bought, I gave him, gave you a live tarantula for a Christmas I present. I don't want to talk the... about that. <laughs> I told him how you, <laughs> you, you flung back basically to the, the people behind us in the booth. They all thought it was pretty funny. Yeah, so there's that. Not what I, I I had an, I had a feeling that there was gonna be a spider of some sort in there. I just didn't think you actually bought a tarantula, so it freaked wild. <laughs> it was in the, it yeah, was in the middle of a restaurant. Lore, sporting lounge lore. I went to the I went to the pet store next to to Meyer on Columbia. Yeah, we had. Yeah, yeah. I, I was like, I want a tarantula, and they're like, Are you sure? And they kept asking me all these questions, like, Yeah, because I already had a. I think it was Josh because he already had tarantula. So I already had him lined up to take the tarantula. Well, that's um, good at the time. 
yeah I, 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 i'm not fond of spiders and it was our uncle ed's christmas party yep. and we're inside the uh the hunt club at the time the restaurant and uncle ed's is a oil shop in the midwest by the way yeah, yeah. and it was our it was our Christmas gift exchange party in the middle of a, in the middle of a restaurant, and there's random people behind us in the booth behind us in the table, and I was opening up my present, and I pulled out a container, and there's a fucking tarantula. And... Did you throw it, bro? What'd you do? Oh yeah, dude, I ended up in the booth behind me, and I ended up on some random couple's lap. I have no idea who they were. I didn't like. I was dude, I was terrified. Fuck that. I wish I was them, bro. I'd love to have it. Was, it was. I mean, it was they were mad, and then they saw the container, and then they understood. Yeah. <laughs> i was like i'm sorry it was, it was so funny I, I fucking loved it it wasn't just me though travis andrews was sitting next to me and he freaking mm-hmm. jumped up and did the same thing and he's huge compared to yeah, me he, he freaked <laughs> he's a big boy <laughs> i wish i recorded it i was not smart i did not record it i fucked up but that's fine anyways the patriots why don't you tell us tell us about <sighs> Austin. talk about him what you think about your team what the saints do right what they do wrong go ahead go slow up and down so sad. Mm-hmm. I so sad. So and, like the biggest thing with me, like the Patriots, is they lost two key, def- two very key defensive players, two of their best defensive, and then like the best, their best draft pick in the past two years, arguably, uh, Christian Gonzalez. But yeah, I mean, Kyle Duggar was a very good pick. So I'm not upset about him, but I'm curious as to how long it's going to take the Patriots to figure out their defensive side of the ball, losing their two starters. But on the offensive side of the ball, they look uncomfortable and slow. Yes. They don't, they don't, they're not playing to Mac Jones's strengths, essentially, I think. I if think Mac Jones trying was to... playing in San Francisco, would he be the best quarterback in the NFL? Not the best quarterback he'd be in the NFL, but I think he'd be the, top 12. I think the would he be better than Brock Purdy. Uh, no, I don't know. I don't think. Pe- Purdy's getting enough credit for what he's actually doing because he's no. I, I don't think he'd be better than Brock Purdy, but I think they'd still be undefeated. Yeah, yeah. Personally, um, I don't think they're calling the right plays. I think I, I don't saw think this... they have any receivers that are like actually good. I think Jacoby they Myers. Got Juju. Is, I think Juju's. Well, he's his knee is gone, man. I, I know. His, I'm his knee's gone. When your be... best receiver is Juju, that's an issue. Juju has never been a wide receiver one. Effectively, Devonte Parker had one random good season out of nowhere, yeah. and that was it. And then I don't know. They I think, just I think they don't, Bill they don't have get... the wide receiver presence to where giving the ball to Stevenson is, is a viable option because they know, like, okay, if they're giving the ball to Stevenson, we can stack the box because Max not going to beat us with this wide receiver core. I, I think so. they're and they're super predictable too. Their offensive scheme <laughs> is, is super predictable. I think Billy B got way too used to a Tom Brady led offense where he could essentially bail him out and just make plays happen with, I mean, still good receivers, but I think it was the quarterback that made them, made them good and relevant to, to an extent. I don't think. Yeah. Tom Brady and, made and, Randy Moss relevant. You're right. No, no, I'm not talking about Randy Moss. Tom, I'm talking about Tom Brady Smoker. made Gronkowski relevant. Edelman. You know? Yeah. I'm, you're I'm right. I'm talking about Welker, Amandola, Edelman. Oh, you know, Tom Brady really did make Aaron Hernandez. That's true. That's true. That's that crazy, bro. They got he the Pouncey him... brothers, Hernandez, fucking. That team is crazy. He made himself they at least killed well, thirty-three man. people, bro. But, no, I, but that, at least with, team... but at least with the Patriots' offense back then, right? They played a lot to their player strengths, and I don't think they're doing that right now. Yep. Well, just... you know that. 
I think that Phil needs to bite thing. the bullet and finally draft a wide receiver in the first round because that's what they're lacking. They did. Yeah. No, Three, so four years ago. Uh-huh. No, they drafted the homie that went to the Bears. Fuck, what's his oh, name? Oh, yeah. Um, the dude who's always... Why can't I think of his name right now? Is it Amon Ra's brother? No. They drafted him at like the 30th or 31st pick back in 2018. Thank you, yes. They drafted Nikhil Harry. Yep, the the right. first wide receiver that he's taken in the first round. Yep. Same year DK oh, Metcalf came out. Well, he needs to do it again and hopefully hit because Same I think DK if... Metcalf. Because I know, think I, personally, if they have one more bad, I I don't expect them to be like this bad going forward. But like, even one more, I, even though Belichick said today that Mac Jones is our starter still, one more week, I think that the change is made. If Mac has another bad performance, the change is made. Then, no, especially I, I, especially I, with their I'm player, so especially with the defense gone, with Christian I, Gonzalez so and Judon gone, they they have nothing to lose. That like if they go, if they lose another game like that, they have nothing to lose. Your defense is hurt. Figure out what you what works on offense during this losing season, and then go from there. Give yourself an identity so I, that way you know what to look for in the draft. I disagree. <laughs> I disagree, and, and it's really down to to one main thing. I think if they keep losing like this, Robert Kraft needs to make a change at GM. Whoa! I was like, how, how many? I I can see. You don't that. think it's Bill of, Belichick? Whether we think I, it's I, Belichick or not, and whether we think a lot of his success was from Brady or not, his stats are going to allow him to well, let's, retire let's not, on his let's terms. Let's not Austin answer, because he's, he's the Patriots fan. He's gonna I, have... I, think at, I think at the end of the day, uh, the last like four years, right, he's mm-hmm. hit on a few players, but I think he is better served as a head coach. I don't think yeah. necessarily think he's meant to be a GM long term. I don't think he, he never really was meant to be the GM and the head coach long term, but they just kept winning. So why, why make a change when you're already winning? Right. So I think long term for long term Patriot success, they need to make a change at GM and hire someone else. I'm not quite sure who, uh, but I don't think Bill Belichick's really the answer anymore long term. You know, Kevin I mean, Colbert I, retired last year from the Steelers <laughs> and he did a pretty damn good job when he was tenured there. <laughs> Especially if you consider like the last drafts, the last four drafts, right? They haven't been very good for yeah. the Patriots. They've been they've been okay and and mediocre and kind of. It just good, feels like but... it just feels like every draft they get one player that is a potential starter, and that's not good enough. You want to no. have one good. You want to have one guaranteed starter, and you want to get a starter about two or three starters in the next. Four years. I think that's yeah. where I heard him sure. this year is because I think they actually found a guy in Christian Gonzalez, and of course he goes out for the year. Yep, Cause and I, and I, cause I think had, Gonzalez was actually like, okay, this guy could be a top ten mainstay and, QB. And in then the they league. had Kyle Duggar. They had Kyle Duggar from a lesser known Division two school, who turned out to be very good. So Bill Belichick is very good at scouting. I don't think he can really argue that. Now, when it comes to just drafting overall players, he's kind of, I think, lacking. And is a little weak at. So I think he needs to have someone to really counter him. Because in the building, there's really no one to counter him besides Robert Kraft. And Robert Kraft isn't going to just outright overrule him. I think he needs that GM to kind of overrule him. And, and make a different decision than what he wants. For long-term success, at least. I, th- I think, unfortunately, Belichick's done enough. Like, Belichick's been the eight Super Bowls and has won. Or nine Super Bowls and has won six of them. Mm-hmm. Like, 
he's whether he's the problem or not in certain stages phases he's there whether we think it's brady or not he's he's earned the right to retire when he fucking wants to he gets the right to decide when he wants to leave yeah no he does and and, and i think we touched on this not too long ago where there's like a few coaches that kind of earn that right to decide i think tom with the steelers is one of them i think belichick I think Andy Reid's one. I think Tomlin is. I think Tomlin could be there inside the organization, but I think he could also not be there because it's like it help. It helps Tomlin that he's playing for the Steelers. Steelers, Steelers are one of the best organizations for like they're they one of the best employees. They, employers. They just ain't gonna. They just ain't gonna fire you. They just won't. And like it helps that Tomlin has all these winning records, and it helps that Tomlin mm-hmm. is a good coach. But you know, um, if Tomlin was playing for the Broncos. I wouldn't have the same job security for him, even with the resume that he has. But Bill Belichick is arguably the greatest coach to ever grace the fucking field. You know, and, and he's got the two resume and a half, to back three it seasons. Up. He's going to be the all-time wins leader, too. Yeah. Like, so. It's just yeah. one of those things where it's just like, he's earned that right. Um, You aren't dominant for 20 years. Get six rings for your organization, and then they push you out. It just won't happen. Right, you know, I look think- at Chuck Knoll. That oh, is a similar situation to Chuck Knoll back in the 80s. You know, um, Chuck Knoll obviously became the head coach of the Steelers in 69, coached them all the way up to 86, I believe. And throughout that time, he got he got to decide when he got to leave. That's because he got four Super Bowl rings in a decade. When you do that, you get that. You know, um, no other coach has done that. I was saying, it's good. Than, you know, a select few. I was gonna say once what if Belichick gets to coach for another three to five years, like at the end of the day, it's like he's verbatim the best coach ever, and I don't think it's arguable. Just whether we think his success is because of Brady or not, just because nine championship appearances, six Super Bowls—that's like that's first all time in both those categories. He'd be the all-time wins leader. He'll be top five in win percentage. He has the most playoff appearances, playoff wins, highest playoff winning percentage. Like everything, like pretty much every statistical stat you can like you can throw at a coach, he's number one or top three. Like so, yeah. I mean, he's definitely earned the right to be the highest paid coach because he gets like twenty million a year, right? In all of sports, he's the highest paid coach. But I think he has earned the right to retire whenever he wants as a coach. But I think at a GM level, depending on how the rest of the season plays out, there needs to be a change. And the Patriots won't do it during the season, most likely. But if they finish with like under 500, especially or five to six wins, there needs to be real conversation about a change at GM because he's Agreed. a very good scout. But at drafting, he he really lacks. Yeah, it feels Is like it? it feels like he drafts like that kid that is like, oh shit, this third round talent that I'm really high on, I'll take him in the first round. You know, that's mm-hmm. how the Patriots drafts feel. Is like. Yeah, he has that first round potential, but he'll be available in the third. You know, right. obviously not Christian Gonzalez. You know, I'm not referencing mm-hmm. Christian Gonzalez, but we were talking about him earlier. You know, Nikhil Harry, he's definitely one of them. Dominic Easley, he was a late second round pro- prospect. You know, Malcolm Brown, like he was projected to go pretty far in the second, early third. You know, Isaiah Wynn, like Isaiah Wynn wasn't even on my fucking draft board in 2018 let alone in the first mm-hmm. round. Like, I think he was like a fourth-round prospect overall on the big board. You know? But there's, so they've had really good draft picks, too, <clears throat> as well. Like Kyle yeah. Duggar, Christian Gonzalez, uh, Dante Hightower. Right? He he drafts well for the, 
defensive side of well, the ball, but when it comes to offensive side of the ball, it feels like he doesn't know shit. Well, here's the thing. Yeah, they got Chandler Jones, Devin McCourty, Dante Hightower, you know, Jared Mayo. But that that Dante Hightower and Chandler Jones were taken in the same draft, and that was 2012. Mm-hmm. And this including Mac Jones, that is literally the last uh, Pro Bowl player that they selected in the first round was 2012, other than Mac Jones. And Mac Jones, obviously, is a very polarizing talent. But we can agree, Dante Hightower was elite. Chandler yep. Jones is pretty good still. You know, Devin McCourty, still very good. Jared Mayo, very good. You know, Brandon Merriweather a year before. But we're talking about stuff that happened a decade ago. Mm-hmm. Now, um, over a decade ago, literally 11 years ago, was the last time that they drafted a pro bowler, just including Mac Jones in the first round. Yep. So it's just and- like... Damn, that's just misses you don't right want. Yeah. Well, so long term, oh, the old guard is starting to fade. New guard, Dan Campbell, Detroit Lions. Yeah, mm. what you think of them? Nah. Just thumped the pa- the Panthers forty two to twenty four. They avenged their loss last season. They got thumped by the Panthers, which honestly yeah. that game cost us the playoffs last year. Um, we and we did it with out Gibbs without arguably our best player in Amon Ra and mm-hmm. looked good we looked blocking. really good that might be one of the best blocking performances I'm going to see all season I think two, the Lions you know? have a top two offensive line in the league when healthy yeah it's, like it's them and the Eagles it was just like and, it was just Jared Goff is sitting there all fucking day just all day long bro it like the Panthers just weren't able to get to him they weren't able to contain anything you know, the Bears' offensive line I was talking highly of earlier, the Lions' offensive line doubled their performance. And you've seen that in that 42-24 to 24 box score with two of their elite skill position players out. They're just going to run it, the ball down your throat and pick you apart in the passing game with smart routes. Like, if Amon Ross starts that game, and if Jameer Gibbs is there that game, is that enough to get an additional 18 points and put 60 on him? That's a real conversation mm-hmm. that you can have about how good this Lions team just fucking played against these Panthers. And it all starts with the trenches. And on the other side of the ball, the Lions front seven is a top five unit. Their secondary yep. does leave a little bit to be desired week in, week out. But they played really well this week. And it's just exciting. It's exciting to see this Lions team be very effective for the first time in my life. A, a former Steeler great had this to say about Jared Goff. He's a good, savvy quarterback. What's u- unique about him is I put him in, a, in that group with Tom Brady and Peyton Manning as far as the play action. They sell it. They do a good job of selling it. Yep. As a linebacker, that can be tricky because it looks the same. He's making every throw, and he's a number one. Exactly. You know, and that that's where that blocking comes yeah, in. I don't so disagree. Too. You know, what? think about this. Like, when you go to hand the ball off, and it's faked well, and that offensive line is blocking for a run. Where's that secondary? Mm-hmm. Pushed up. They're all in. They all came up. And now Jared Goff, because that offensive line is so good, even though he just had a play-action pass, he goes for the play-action. <laughs> he's sitting there, and he's like, one, two, three, four. Okay, now I make my decision. Like, yep. you can't you, – as a defensive unit – I feel miserable and pathetic for Panthers fans everywhere. You cannot let a quarterback sit there and pick you apart all day. You'll lose every fucking game, and they have. 
Mm-hmm. I would say mm-hmm. I I think Detroit's established himself as a top four team minimum in the NFC and a top six team overall in the league right now. And I think moving forward, Goff's a mainstay. I think even mm-hmm. QB, one QB leagues, he's probably a start. And Montgomery, Montgomery's a start. Amonra's a start. Laporta's obviously a start right now. I'd put Laporta a start because he had two he's, studies. He's currently tied at yep. one in most fantasy uh, formats. Mm-hmm. Um, and he didn't like, even get. Did he even play week one? Laporta, yeah, he did because yeah. he, yeah, he, yeah he had like he had like Mark five Andrews catches. Play week one. But uh, but I was right about Jamison Williams. His presence on the field was going to be felt more in real life than it ever would be in fantasy. He's not going to. I mean, I know it was his first week back. He's going to be slowly easing into the offense more, so he will get more touches. But he's not. I don't think he's going to be the consistent fantasy dynamite asset people thought he was going to be. No, but, it's going to it's going to be Amon Ra, David Montgomery, and but he Sam keeps Florida. defenses honest with his speed, and he's well, a, th- those those blocks. Like he's, I a think great, he's a boomer bus guy. He's a good and he's a good blocker. He had he had a one of the touchdowns happened. Uh, one of Craig Reynolds' touchdowns was specifically because of a block that he threw out on the edge. And that's what I meant by his presence will be felt in real life more than on fantasy. But Bryce Young, outside of the two interceptions, had a pretty decent day. One of the interceptions was just a freak play by Aiden Hutchinson. But Thielen's been a steady surprise. I'm even at 33. Like I want to circle back on Jamison Williams. You know, okay, let's do it. Let's do it. I think I think he's the type of guy where he realistically expecting moving forward. This is my expectations: three to five receptions, and he does with those receptions what he will do, and that's just the perfect boomer bust candidate. He could get three yards on three receptions, or he could have mm-hmm. five receptions, three touchdowns, and 150 yards. That's just the type of guy he is. And if you're the type Especially of, with that speed, and, yeah, exactly. You know, like if you're a fantasy owner and you're like. Man, I just need a little bit of dynamite. Like, I got a good, consistent core that can win me games, but like, mm-hmm. I need that dynamite for those matchups that I might not be able to win. And I'm willing to take the loss on. You know, there are weeks like that in fantasy where you're just going to be like, this is a 50 50 matchup. I'm going to put in the risky guy. I would trade for Jameson Williams right now if your team's in that position. He's yeah, he's a good cheap. buy low candidate right now. He's going to be cheap. And, and if, if you want to have that boomer bust potential, turn around and sell him for triple what you paid for him. Exactly, you could probably get him for you know. Would you trade? Would you trade Jamison Williams for Cole Komet? Mo- in most team structures, mm-hmm. possibly, but my team, no. <laughs> yeah, but if mm. in Dynasty, would I trade a second round pick a couple years out for him? Still, yeah. Would you take a third this year for him? Yeah. yeah, yeah, easy. I I contemplate a second this year just because I see he could just because he's young and on a good offense still. Yep. But <clears throat> yeah, I he's he's worth having, but I don't think he's the people that drafted him to potentially be a wide receiver one and you know average 120 targets a season and whatnot. Like I don't I don't think that's going to happen. At least not while the core of for the offense that's there is there right now, but I'm excited He'll for have my Lions. His days. Yeah, I'm. I'm, He'll I'm, have ex- his I'm days. He will. He definitely will. But I'm excited for this Lions team. 
I don't expect like I, I expect the playoffs, and I for, and I truly expect us to get our first playoff win since before I was born. And but I don't expect anything else this season. But I think okay. the following couple seasons will be going good. Um, Thielen so on the I, other side, I, I definitely play him. At a season's end, where do you see the line seed? Three. 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 Oh, oh, Travis, we were on the same page. <laughs> yeah. We tell it genetic, bro. Just because I think even if the Chicago Bears turn it around, I think there's already a big enough the hole the that, the division, that the division's already the Lions to lose. And I think the AFC West is slightly, whereas Seattle, I think, is the biggest threat. NFC West. But like, I don't, I don't, I don't see the AFC, the NFC South division leader, leader having more wins than the Lions. I just don't see it, especially since Tampa's the division leader right now, and we're gonna find what out that game this week. So, <laughs> I I think it's realistic. The three, the only three spots I see the Lions making and seeding this season is two, three, or five, and that's it. Like mm-hmm. that, that's those are the only possible seeds that they're gonna have. Yeah, um, they're 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 a playoff team. It's just a matter of where where they're going to be getting their home field advantages. That's the question now. I th- I think yeah. that we can definitely win a game, on the especially our first round game, the wild card round. We'll win the, the divisional round, depending on will depending on where we play, because we'll end up probably having to face the Eagles in the probably division. Not. If the Eagles win their like realistically, let's say Lions get third seed. Obviously, the top two seeds would be 49ers, Eagles, Eagles. right? Yep. Okay, so 49ers get first round by. Eagles go ahead and play lowest seed, which would be seventh. Um, let's go say uh, Falcons or some shit. It doesn't matter. Um, but they'll probably beat them. Eagles win. They move on. You got your number two seed. You got 49ers. You got Lions. They move on. That's your third seed. Then they're going to be playing the fourth seed, probably. Fourth or fifth seed. And then after that, it's going to be, you know, the Lions aren't going to be playing a higher seed in the divisional round unless perfect chaos pursues. Fair. I I personally expect the Lions to make it to the NFC Championship game. I think that they can actually upset the Eagles because we played them close last year during the, our worst stretch of the season. And I think our team's better this year. And Eagles are slightly like, they're still a great team, but I think they're slightly worse than they were last year. Mm-hmm. And I say that because they haven't really played a challenging opponent yet. And they've won all of their games. Even though they're undefeated, they've all been one score games. And so I I don't I don't I don't I don't I don't think we have what it takes to beat the Niners. I don't think anyone can beat the 49ers. Right now at least. But I do think that we could Take the Eagles. Yeah. I will say though, if we play San Fran in the in the NFC Championship game, we will do better than what Dallas just did. Let's, <laughs> talk, let's talk about that. You can hope because so. as of right now, the Lions would play the Falcons and then go on to play the 49ers. Yep. So yeah. Yep. But yeah, speaking of 49ers and the Cowboys, man, whew. that was a fun game to watch. It was a little yeah. revenge game, a little revenge game for me, if you will. After yeah, I hate I uh, hate the fucking Cowboys. I'm always happy to see them lose. I like the Forty Nineers on an organizational level. So like you know, like they would. I'm happy the Forty Nineers whooped on the Cowboys harder than they whooped on the Steelers. That made me feel 
That was a moral victory right there. Yes, sir. <laughs> Make you feel good. Maybe the Steelers all, defense ain't that bad. warm and fuzzy. Maybe the Steelers offense ain't that bad. Maybe we no, just been not, reading the Steelers offense. It's that bad. The Steelers, the Steelers offense might actually have potential. Mm. Anyways, mm. 49ers, Cowboys. Brock Purdy had himself a day. Four TDs, 252 yards, 17 over 24 through the year. Jason Jordan Mason went ahead and had himself a field day as well on 10 carries, 69 yards on the ground, TD. George Kittle took care of business as per usual. Three receptions, three touchdowns, 67 yards. What else are you expecting from that beautiful man? On the Cowboys' side, you're looking at one of the worst performances in Dak Prescott's career. Disgusting, utterly terrible. 14 over 24 on 153 yards, one touchdown, three mm-hmm. interceptions. Had no pocket awareness. One of the ugliest quarterback performances I've seen in a while. It's bad in Dallas. Is Trey Lance going to get a start sooner rather than later if he keeps playing like this? No. I want to circle back to that once we finish up the wrap-up on stat. Overlook, uh, Tony Pollard, 8 carries, 29 yards, 3.6 yards per carry. No TDs. Uh, receiving, we're looking at C.D. Lamb having an average game at 4 yards, 49 yards, no TDs. Kevontae uh, Turpin, I wouldn't, I wouldn't sign him, but you know he had one reception, 26 yards, and one receiving touchdown today. Um, what are we thinking here, guys? I think if Dallas wants to compete, they uh, Dak Prescott has to be better because he hasn't thrown for more than 270 yards, but they've scored like 10 offensive touchdowns on the year so far through five weeks. So they're producing points-ish, but that's Pres- Dak Prescott has to be better if yeah. they want to compete in the NFL. Yeah, I, I, don't think Dak's, I don't think Dak's the answer. I think Dak has hyper-inflated efficiency stats because of the type of offense that was ran the first four years he was in the league because of Zeke. And they're missing him, man. But other than that, but other than that, like when when he, I mean, he had like they had an offense that was built like two, what was it the season that he broke his ankle? Like they had a high powered offense where he was putting up super inflated mm-hmm. numbers. But they well, had you got fucking Mari Cooper and CD Lamb on the same field, dog. Yeah, yeah, that ain't but fair. That, but that's but that's what I'm saying. Like when the difference between game managers and average QBs and actual slash good QBs and actual great elite QBs is when teams take away Tony Pollard and CeeDee Lamb, the elite QBs are going to still find a way to make win that game. Mm-hmm. Dak Prescott, when CeeDee Lamb and Pollard aren't doing their thing and he's forced to open the offense up, look other ways, and make plays for the offense, they're losing every single time. Yep. Prescott sucks. I'm going to say it. He, he sucks. <laughs> he's extremely overrated. I yep, But they're never going to say him. <laughs> Because of what they're paying him, I Mitchell Trubisky is better than Dak. Mitchell Trubisky has almost no. not almost the same, but he has he he's not his stats aren't far off Dak's, and he played on a far worse team his entire career as a starter, far worse, not even close to the same. Mitchell Trubisky is not even on the same level. Yeah, I don't know. Watching watching Mitchell Trubisky's Off game base. film. I'm sorry, like, Travis. Worst take I ever heard you make. I'm sorry. Like no, I, I just get, do not like I Dak. get, I get, I get the perspective you're coming from. You're like Dak Prescott. If he didn't have that elite talent around him and a good offensive scheme around him, then he wouldn't be elite. Go ahead, throw what, throw Dak on the Bears' offense. How would he perform? Horribly. Horribly. That's that's what you're saying. I see what you're saying, but here's the thing. I think if you put Mitch Trubisky's bad. I th- He's I think my backup put- quarterback. I know him. 
I, I met saying, him last I, week. We I, went I, out I to lunch. It, I was say, if you put it's against a meetup actual thing. I don't elite know. QBs on that Dallas team, like if you put a T-Law or a Josh Allen or a Patrick Mahomes or a Burrow or a Tua on that Dallas team, they're doing something. Okay, you just named the yeah. top quarterbacks in the league. Well, that's what I'm saying. Your everyone point. likes everyone tries to loop in Dak with the elite QBs. What about Mac Jones? What if Mac Jones was on the Cowboys or Daniel Jones? I think Mac no. Jones would be doing better than he is right now, just because he has offensive weapons on that team that he doesn't have in New England. Yeah, I can't agree with that. Reluctantly agree, but significantly better. I don't know, but better. Yeah, <laughs> but. Mm. I, I think the the Cowboys' major fault is <laughs> lies lies with the organization structure and Jerry Jones being the GM. Yeah, that fucker Darth Vader, ain't he? Jerry Jones <laughs> is still living in the nineties. I think yes, that sir. that is that is their biggest flaw. I don't think it's Dak Prescott or the coaches or the really the offensive scheme or anything like that. I think it's really just Jerry Jones being the general manager. I think that's holding them back from from success. But that'll never change. It won't. Jerry Jones will be will, won't be the owner of the Dallas Cowboys when he dies, and that's it. well, obviously because yeah. Jerry cause Jones he, is the Cowboys, bro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jerry and Jerry Jones will still be the owner of the Cowboys say, ten what, years after he died. I see the contract. He bought, he bought the Cowboys, bro. I would say, did he buy the Cowboys? What was it like? Late seventies, early eighties when he bought the Cowboys, something like that. I might even be a whole decade early on that. Mm-hmm. No, no keep talking. Yeah. I'm getting pulled up. Sounds good. 89. 89? Okay, yeah, because it was... Okay, yeah, because the first big thing that he did was the whole Jimmy Johnson thing and fucking the running back trade. <laughs> he got it for 140 milli, which would be equivalent to three, almost $300 million today. Yeah, now they're worth like five, six billion now, nowadays. Yeah, and then, and then, you know, Jerry Jones, his first move when he became the Dallas Cowboys head coach, do you know what it was? Trade away Dick, or what was it? Fire Tom Landry. Tom Landry, yeah, and then get Jimmy Johnson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, literally, you fired one of the greatest coaches of all time as your first move. Yikes. Yeah. And, you know, it's just like... Wild. You know, like, here's the thing. The Cowboys in the 90s, they accelerated because of that cutthroat behavior. Mm-hmm. In these last 10 years, the Cowboys have been playing pussyfoot. They've been playing very in their shell. You know, if... Okay, if Mike was the coach back in 89, would he have kept his fucking job? Uh-uh. Fuck no. Not com- Bro, if you're if you're going to fire Tom Landry, fire Tom McCarthy. Landry is like one of the greatest coaches of all time. When we're talking yeah, about play calling, he, he, influence top, on the game. He's a, he's a top 10 coach all time, yeah. Top he's 5. Not, I'm a Steelers but, fan. You know, like, for me to be giving him this credit, that means he was pretty fucking good, okay? You know, like, the thing yeah. is, like, they... They were tired of they were tired of losing. They were tired of dealing with mediocrity sometimes, and so they cut the cord. Mm-hmm. But now, forty years later, Jer- who would have guessed that Jerry Jones is the one that's settling for the mediocrity, and that's what's costing this team everything? While we talk about yep. mediocrity, I, let's go I, ahead and talk about the, the mediocre game of the week: Texans, <laughs> Falcons, Texans. Let's go. I love my Texans. Uh, Just kidding, te- my Texans. Is CJ Stroud the runaway offensive rookie of the year right now? One hundred and ten percent. No, it says but I, I, you know I don't think um, you can really argue against it. Yep. 
you know, I, like he's thing is, performing you look, you, far and above everyone's ex- expectations and he doesn't have a turnover yet. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. He's played the Ravens. He's played the Colts. He's played the Jack. The Colts ain't that bad, but the Jags, mm-hmm. you know, the Jags, their defense literally just had a star-studded performance. The Steelers, who, like, I think, and he put up 30 on the Steelers. And the Falcons, who are a good defense, and, you know, like, he's playing good teams. Like, and he's playing fucking good ball. Yeah. You know, com- compare that to, you know, like, I think the only other person that's in the conversation is Anthony Richardson, let's be honest. You know, Bijan, mm-hmm. like, Bijan's looking good, but, like, do we think... it been too average the last three weeks. Exactly. Yeah, yeah you know... It, um, it, was, it was the Texans defense that really lost in the game, letting up 450 yards against the Falcons. Yeah, right. well, yeah, Bijan right doesn't even have game. a touchdown on the year. So, like, Bijan's not in the discussion. Jameer Gibbs has already missed time. Like, Zay Flowers ain't gonna get it. Like, what other player could possibly get rookie of the year? Uh, offensive rookie of the year, of course. Um, other than CJ Stroud. So, you know, you compare the only comparison is going to be AR5. And honestly, like, CJ Stroud's just been better. And AR5's missed time, great. too. He's been great. You know, mm-hmm. and we're seeing that Texans team, you know, when in the offseason, when I was hyping up the Texans, I sounded like a crackhead. This is exactly what I was talking about. They're going to keep games close. I don't think that they're necessarily going to be a playoff team. And I was saying that at the beginning of the season. I was saying that they're going to be a low-end playoff team on a bubble, on the bubble. And that's exactly where they are. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. um, you, CJ you and I, to- You and I agreed. Ben and Travis looked at us like we're fucking crazy. Yeah. I mean, like, I saw the talent, but I didn't expect, I didn't expect them to put it together this fast. I believed in CJ Stroud. I said that he should have been the number one pick since day one. Mm-hmm. He, like Carolina mm-hmm. should have drafted him, but so I'm not surprised with that. I believed in Nico Collins. Austin knows that because I was trying to snap him before he ever played a game this season before he did this. And Tank mm-hmm. Dell was a good acquisition that we were yep. we were all I just, praising. I just didn't you think know. that they were gonna put it together this quickly, but they're doing it. Well, you know, and it's like, you know, very good management savvy moves, like acquiring a guy like Kendrick Green, who I hate to bring it back to the Steelers, but, you know, you're getting an upgrade on your offensive line at week two or week three, Mark. That's a great mm-hmm. thing to do. Yeah. Most most teams aren't able to do that. And the Texans recognize, what was I saying in the offseason? Those gaping abysses at positions. Those horrible holes. That's what's going to lose you games. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. that's what it caused the Texans this week was – those holes, although they aren't at zero anymore, now they're towards 50, and that's why they only lost by three or two. Yep. That's why they only lost by two was because of that. You know, but they're going to win a lot more games. I think I think that they're realistically a 9-8, and 8-9 eight, eight and nine team. They're going to be a bubble fringe team. And C.J. Stroud's going to lead this Texans team to relative success. I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm excited for the Texans the same way I'm excited for Colorado in college. <laughs> um. You know, do we, do you guys have anything more to say really about this game? It wasn't high scoring. It wasn't a great fantasy game. Um, Lady Chulo did say that she sees that puberty hit again. Your voice is somewhat back to normal. Yeah, like I got it back. <laughs> I, I, I got the frequency. The issue is like I need to stay in this one frequency. So like I can't get too excited or also start freaking out again. But speaking of Colorado, um, they they won this week, went to four and two. 
but their NFL partner, we unfortunately can't say a similar thing for. Cowboys or Broncos hosted the Jets. Uh, I don't know why I said Cowboys. Cow, Bronco, I don't know. Cowgirl. Same thing, thing, whatever. Same thing. Yeah, you Same are thing. kind of an idiot, but. Yeah, I am. I'm a fucking peasant. <laughs> I recognize myself. Real recognize real, am I right? <laughs> but, you know, uh, you want to talk about a fucking shit game. Uh, watching the All-22 on this is one of the most boring games I have ever watched. But Russell Wilson did have a renaissance this game. He had good mm-hmm. pocket awareness. Um, the biggest thing for me with Russell Wilson this game was it just felt like it felt like he wasn't able to get the ball down the field, but it almost felt like it wasn't his fault. And I've been slowly, as the weeks have been going on, it feels less and less like Russell Wilson's fault and more like a play design issue than I Russell Wilson. Yeah, and like people are saying Russell Wilson's washed and everything. He's got a zip on the ball. Like, I hate the term wash these days because anytime anybody beyond down here, they wash, they career over. Like, here's the thing, man. You watch Russell Wilson. Does he still get a zip on the ball? Yes. Does he still know how to recover this? Yes. Is he mm-hmm. able to get the ball deep? Yeah, we've seen it a couple times this year, but not as much as we should. Because of those things, you know, it's like I have a hard time actually honestly saying that he's washed completely. But, you know, is he the answer for the Broncos? Short term. Short term. Yeah. Short term. I think that's they, they just it. were hoping that during the short term experiment that they were going to compete rather than be this. They had a lot of high aspirations for a young defense that was overachieving and decided to sell all of it. Mm-hmm. Is there and is there the, even a the chance white... that the Broncos could turn this around somehow? I think Javante, there's always a chance, but I think it's very slim. I think all the injuries to Sutton and Javante Williams, KJ Hamler, and then and Judy, like they just they've all spent significant time injured the last three seasons. And like, that's that really is what's fucked them because they don't really have a lot of time together on the field, to be yeah. honest. Mm-hmm. And, but like here, let me let me mention a couple other one and four teams real quick. Giants, Patriots, Cardinals, Vikings, Bears. Are the Broncos able to turn it around more effectively than any of those teams? I say what team can I, they I think the only team that potentially can be turn it around better, and I'm always saying it's because as of, even though they're one and four, they're the most overachieving one and four team in the league. I think the Cardinals. Me too. I agree with the Cardinals. I think the Bears. I, I want to say the Vikings, but with Justin Jefferson being out for the next for the foreseeable future, I'm going to hold on that. The mm-hmm. thing is with the Vikings, though, it's a weird team because it's like you watch them, and it's just like there's mm-hmm. fundamental issues, sure, but like you watch them, and it's like oh they. They pretty good though, you know. Like and with the Bears last week, like if they could keep that hand hot, like. But here's the thing, like. I was saying this a week or two ago. This Broncos team looks deflated. It looks you know sad. when you when you're looking at the Vikings, when you're looking at when you're looking at the Bears, when you're looking at the Giants, even the Patriots, when you're looking at these teams, there's some form of hope. There's some form of reason that they aren't going to go one in fucking 16. With the Broncos, it feels I, like they're I, I just they're like laying the down and dying. I, I would say they pretty, they're, the ownership has pretty much said that they're willing to trade everybody on the roster not named Russell Wilson and Patrick Sertan. So 
I think yeah, I they, think they are ready to lay it out and die like Shane said. <laughs> yeah, it feel you watch them and it feels like it. You know, exact especially against the Zach Wilson led Jets team. You know, like Zach Wilson had a pretty good game. I'm starting to hop on the Zach Wilson Kool Aid train, man. Like he's two back to back good games or good back to back enough gutsy games, gutsy. You know, and that's the thing was you know play well Wilson, enough to not destroy uh, Brees Brees Hall's awesome day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, like. The thing is with Zach Wilson is like, I think the issue always has been with him is he wouldn't win games. And I think that that was the issue is like Mm -hmm. to, to be a quarterback stats aside, just realistically, you're going to have to take some hits. It's not always going to be pretty. And I think that's when the best quarterbacks prove themselves. That's why I'm high in Kenny Pickett. You know, like that's why I'm high on a guy that like, like Joshua Dobbs right now, which we'll end up getting into. You know, um, mm-hmm. that's why I'm excited on those types of players um, is because they have that grit. They have that want to win and mm-hmm. they go for it and they get it. They make it happen. You know, um, when you got guys like that, it makes it a lot more competitive. And Zach Wilson, I think, finally is saying, I want this team to win. And this is the first time we're seeing Zach Wilson say, all right, I'm sorry, mommies. You got to <laughs> sit on the bench. I got to focus on throwing this ball. And yeah, I mean, it's really the I'm first excited. time it, it's it's really the first time to me at least where we've seen something from Zach Wilson back to back weeks. Cuz like previously we've seen him do well one week and then be shit for you know 4 or 5 weeks in a row or whatever. But this is really the first time we've seen him be be good and efficient in back to back weeks. And I think a yeah. lot of that has to do with Aaron Rodgers having that presence there with him because Aaron Rodgers is there every day almost even though he's injured he's there on game yeah. days he's, he's there helping out exactly he's a player coach he's very Tom Brady like in that sense or very Peyton Manning like in that sense where he's he's there he makes his presence known and he helps where he can I think that's played huge dividend for Zach Wilson 110 percent because if you watch hard knocks you, you saw it. that too as well you know Derek, yeah, I think especially you just Derek. right on the fucking head with that it's like it's like it's like a second coach. And I think I think here's the thing too. I think Aaron Rodgers recognizes what his job is with the Jets. Sure, he was supposed to be the playoff caliber quarterback that carried that team. But I think he also knew that he was going to be a mentor. And oh yeah. You know, like I the day that my mind was made up with that, that he knew what his role was and he didn't just sign that contract and it was whatever, was you know, Zach Wilson in the offseason said they bring in a quarterback, I'm gonna give them hell. And <laughs> and they came out that. and they were like, they were like, so has Zach Wilson gave you hell? And he's like, he's a good kid. You know? Like, or he had a very simple response. I can't remember what he said, but it was a simple response. He kind of laughed it off. And, you know, you could tell that they're they were bonding. That yep. Aaron Rodgers didn't feel threatened by Zach Wilson because I think he honestly looks at Zach Wilson, unlike Jordan Love in Green Bay. I think he honestly does look at Zach Wilson as a true protege to what he's going to leave his career with. And that's great. Yeah. I would agree. I would agree hundred percent. Yeah. Um, What's the next game? Next game. Wow. 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 Do we want to go ahead and what? talk about Titans? Oh, at the Colts. AR five goes down again. Carter Minshew has to take over the game and be the best quarterback in the NFL for another week. 
Minshew Mania, baby. <laughs> Fucking Zach Moss. Zach Moss or Jonathan Taylor at this point, man. They got JT back, but Zach Moss is fucking balling out, being a menace to society. I wish Ben was here because uh, this is a game I would really love to talk to him about, him being a Colts fan, you know. The Colts somehow managed to get to 3-2. and two. I'm not surprised. Um, in the offseason, I was saying, mm-hmm. I'm excited about this Colts team. They got all the pieces. I didn't think that Zach Moss was going to be the secret key to it, though. I, I, I unfortunately I think he's slowly like he's still gonna he's done good enough that he's not just if they're not just gonna be like all right JT we're gonna give you thirty plus touches the rest of the season, but I think slowly over the next two or three weeks JT's gonna start being the lead back again, it's gonna slowly take yeah. over. Or mm-hmm. or is this a team that's gonna be rushing the ball forty times a game? They that could. could they be could, fucking they, scary. They could, but they, they seem they, to. They, I mean, trust. they had the team built to do the same thing Atlanta's doing, but better. Yeah, they seem to trust Gardner Minshew enough, though, too, as well. So I think even okay, but even if like okay, realistically, Minshew and AR five, AR five is obviously more talented. But let's say that Minshew does end up getting the starting role for the rest of the season for whatever reason. Like either quarterback, I don't give a fuck. If I got Zach Moss playing like this, and a Jonathan Taylor that could simulate. 90, 70% efficiency of what he did last year. Mm-hmm. I, I want to get both of them 20 touches a game because you win in those games. Yeah. It's just a fact. You're going to. You know, like yeah. you're going to be having 300 gra- yards on the fucking ground. They're unstoppable if they do it. The only reason that they won't is because the script writers won't let them. I, I think if they do run, you know, the, I, I see them 30 to 40 times a game. Like that, that's an unstoppable team. Because Gardner Minshew is yeah. good enough, and is still a good quarterback, and has proven good it. Defense. I think that he that he can win it in the air too, as well. And then yep. having that backup on the ground, and then having a solid but not great defense. That's a hell of a team right there. Yep, yeah. that that is a division winner right there. <laughs> it all starts in the trenches, and they on both sides of the trenches, they're very, very good, very, yeah. very good. I'd say top five on both sides. You know, specifically defensive line and offensive line. I'm not including their front seven when I say that statement. Um, but their offensive line and their defensive line are both very dominant units. Very and good. it's very reflective in, you know, how Gardner Minshew's been playing. You know, Anthony Richardson, you kind of knew the type of guy you were getting. You knew that you're going to have a little bit of injury issues. You just hope that it's not every season. And you hope that he gets a Lamar MVP caliber like season a couple times. So that's why you keep a talented quarterback like a Gardner Minshew there. And I don't know, man. If Gardner Minshew keeps winning, do you bench him? <laughs> when AR comes back. Like, AR is it's, obviously it, it, the long-term. Let's, let's just get that out of the way. AR5, he's the long-term solution. We know that. But we're talking this season. When AR comes back, if Minshew wins every game up to that point, can you it's hard. It's can hard. you? Can you? It's hard because if you're in unexpected territory, since Jacksonville's already fucked up twice this season, Houston's playing a little bit better than people expected. And Tennessee, who they just beat in their division, you know, is you're breathing through a very thin hole right now, and you're maintaining top of the division. You're tied for first. I, I think they still. Start AR five when he comes back, but I, I think that's I think his that's roof a is that's, not a, a, that's a dangerous game to play. 
I think his room for error is not as high as it used to be if Minshew mm-hmm. plays well and they go undefeated while he's gone. If they do come back and give AR the, the nod the second he's healthy, if they if he has a bad game and they lose first game back. Jaguars have tiebreaker. But, yeah, that, that is tough. I've always thought that Minshew's a lot better than he's ever been given the chance to be. And... It sucks that everywhere he lands with the chance to start, they decided to go draft a star QB instead. Yeah. Two is months there a after the AFC South is a powerhouse. Yeah, I think the Titans are the weakest team in the division, just yeah. because Derrick Henry. Uh, yeah. Speak. Yeah. Speaking of the Titans, Derrick Henry is slowly starting to go away, and Tyja Paris or Tyja Spears has uh outsnapped him the last That's two games. Called. D-Hop had 140 in the year, though. Yep, I was going to say, D-Hop finally had his first good game. I don't expect that, like, week in and week out, obviously. No. but That's Hill why Derrick Henry right. ain't looking great. It's because they're one-dimensional. You know, like, it would help Derrick Henry a lot if, you know, they threw the ball better. You know, like, yeah. Derrick Henry, like, I think he's still got another two or three years left in the tank. I think he is starting to lose a step, but I think with the type of back he is, you know, like the thing is with Derrick Henry, he's probably the weirdest fucking NFL running back to ever grace this fucking earth because he's, he's not your normal between the tackle type guy. It's the type of guy that you want to get on the hashes and get one-on-one with corners. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's weird like that because he's built like a power back, but you know, so that step is kind of a big deal, but if he could transition his game to be a good power runner, He's still got another five years in the tank. And even at the current state, I still think he has two good years. Yeah, I, say, I, I do think this is the last season where he's the bell cow. I think slowly over the course of the season and the beginning next year, Ty is just going to be the guy, but Henry can still stick around. And like you said, if he can transition to more of a power back, Ty should get you got works between the 20s and the second you get within the five-yard line, give it to Henry. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good situation to be in, huh? Yeah. So pretty good. <laughs> pretty good, I would say. Yeah. Speaking of pretty good offensives. Yes, the offense host the Giants. <laughs> Daniel Jones, elite NFL quarterback. Hey, you funny. That that game was closer than it should have been. In my opinion. Especially in a game where Devon Arcane and Hill played as well as they did. Yeah, to, his inter- a, to his interceptions to, kept the game closer than it should have been. Yeah, like, you know, like... Exactly, like, statistically-wise. But, like, you watch that All-22. It was ugly. It was <laughs> bad, bad. It was... I mean, for fuck's sake, one of the Giants' fucking touchdowns were a 102-yard return. Yeah, they almost... Like, they, they doubled them in yardage. Seven more first downs. They had where the Giants had them was they had them by eleven and almost twelve full minutes in time of possession, and then the Giants didn't commit a single turnover, and the Dolphins committed three. Otherwise, like you don't commit those turnovers, this game's probably fifty to ten. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, dude, the how Giants the fuck, was... How the fuck do you have top for thirty six minutes? That's an insane by, and, amount. And lose by two touchdowns. And, and lose yep. by two touchdowns. You can't. Like they're missing Saquon bad, and this he is proving how sweet. bad. This is proving how bad that I, 
I'm going to say something a little controversial, but I don't think Daniel Jones is the issue with that passing attack. Because when Saquon's there, they're able to make it happen. But the thing is, Saquon makes it so receivers get time to break on routes. Him just being there, Saquon just existing and being alive on the football field makes it so they hesitate a little bit. You know, like when you're playing middle linebacker, you catching these fuckers false stepping when Saquon's on the field. The Dolphins were not false stepping at middle linebacker. They're, they were holding their gaps. They're keeping the edge surrounded. Like, they they weren't stressed. You know, they're, they, were, they were able to pass rush all day. They didn't have to worry about containing. And the thing is, like, if I'm, if I'm, like, the head of the Giants right now, I might, I might try to make a splash trade right now because the Giants could be a playoff team. You They're got good to. Enough. I mean, they, they got two weeks left. They, they, yeah, they, they got need, two weeks left. I would they say need a wide they lost, I would say they, they need a wide receiver bad. They, they they've need, been playing without need. their best offensive lineman and without Saquon because they've been and without Thomas. How often Thomas. do I ever say? How often do I ever recommend a wide receiver being the solution? Like, All the time. Jalen Hyatt shut, needs to. You're needs so to, ugly. I would say Jalen so Hyatt stupid. needs to. Uh, Austin, are you still single? Huh? Yeah, yeah, we both are. Yeah, well, mine's my decision, you know. Oh, one of no, us. Oh, one of us. <laughs> one of us is in an SL, you know. One one of us is what? Only one of you went to a different country and didn't get nothing. <laughs> my decision. My decision. <laughs> no, but no. I was saying, if there's a team in the league that could use a wide receiver more than the Patriots, it's the Giants. Yeah, because honestly, I trust like as bad as they are, I tr- I trust Juju more than any wide receiver on the Giants team. Yeah, they 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 need a wide receiver. There's somebody, I don't know, I don't even know who they should go looking for. Like, if they want to be a contender, if the Panthers want to say fuck it, here, let's just trade Thielen <laughs> for one year. Yeah. I mean, but if I'm at the Giants, I'm right, not looking man. for a one year rental though. So no. But, you know, maybe a guy that's like a T. Higgins. Yes. Maybe a guy that is like, I don't know, like a Joshua Downs you might be able to get for a good price. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe a guy, maybe a guy like Jameson Williams. <laughs> they could use Actually, that speed. They could use that speed. I've, I've been wanting the Lions to trade Jameson Williams in like a second round pick and try to get Patrick Sertan. They're not that, going to That'd be nuts. They wouldn't get it, but that'd be cool no. as fuck if they did. Um, while we talking yeah. about bombs in other countries, how about we talk about bombs over Baghdad? Uh, Cincinnati Bengals go ahead and take it to the Arizona Cardinals. Joe Burrow returns. Jamar Chase is back. The Bengals are winning the Super Bowl. Hey, who day? Who day? Who day? <laughs> Shut the fuck up! I hate the Bengals. <laughs> I but, love the Bengals. <laughs> but they put on a fucking interesting game. You know, uh, Cardinals. This was one of those games where it was weird. It felt like the Cardinals were in control of the game. Uh, when they when they had the ball, it felt like they were just calm and collected and everything was fine. Uh, but then you looked at the scoreboard, and it was weird. You know, like it felt like it felt like the Cardinals were doing what they wanted. It just wasn't as efficient as it should have been. And a couple of splash plays made it so the game was just out of reach for him. Um, yep. Talking about fantasy performances, you know, Joe Burrow, obviously an elite performance. 317, 36 for 46 through the year, 3 to 1, DDA interception ratio. Mixon with 25 on the 25 carry, 81 on the ground, 3.2 average. 
Uh, he also came up with four receptions, 13 yards, averaging 3.2 per catch. Jamar Chase with an only performance, 15 receptions, 192 yards, 12.8 per carry, three TDs. Tyler Boyd also coming in with six receptions, 39 receiving yards, no touchdowns. On the Cardinals side of the ball, we did have an interesting performance. I wanted to circle on this player specifically. Joshua Dobbs with 15 for 32, 166 through the year, two TDs, two interceptions. He don't throw those interceptions. Did the Cardinals win that game? Possibly. No, I think the I think the Bengals still win it. The game was anyone's until the fourth, and then the Bengals pretty much just shut the door in the fourth quarter. It was all yeah, there. Yeah. And I don't know. Car- regard- like like, the regardless, the Card the Cardinals are. I don't expect anything of them, but I like going into the season. All of us that pretty much think like, oh, they're going to be the number one overall pick. They're bad, bad. But there's like five like teams it. that are one and four, and I would argue that they're the best one and four team in the league. So yeah. I don't, the I don't get any argument there. And you got, you know, like you look at the team, it's like Rondell Moore, like he he's starting to be kind of like that uh, Falcons, Cordell Patterson a couple of years ago, you know, like he's lining up wide. He's lining up. As age back, he's lining up as wide receiver. He's lining up as a tight end. You know, he's your secret weapon. They got that. Cool. That's cool. You got James Conner, who's able to grind the ball. They got Mari De- DeMarcari or DeMarcardo or whatever the fuck. De- I say Hollywood Browns. I think Mercado player as well. Uh, fucking ten carries, forty-five yards. You know, like between them, they ever they got ninety-one yards on the ground mm-hmm. and a touchdown. Like when your running attacks able to get ninety yards on the ground, that's pretty good. Uh, Joshua Dobbs did not have the best game, but you know, one of those things too is like, I don't, I I really like Dobbs. I'm he's been really getting really good. He's like, not the what we expected. He's no. like, and when Kyler comes back, like I hate I, to keep on bringing up these injured players and like when they come back, but Joshua Dobbs, like, he's just playing better than Kyler ever did. Mm-hmm. I don't care what anybody says. You can look at the stats. It doesn't fucking matter when you're watching say, the tape. Out of Kyler's entire career, there's maybe only one season where you could say that he's been pl- that he played better than what Dobbs is doing right now, and that's it. Yeah, and that's when he has fucking DeAndre Hopkins and a miracle fucking worker, and he put down the Call of Duty for a few weeks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's like, fair. I I'm excited for Joshua Dobbs. Um, Bengals are in their win. I'm excited for where the Cardinals are going to go. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Cardinals go over 500 by the end of the season. Is Hollywood Brown? I mean, he's currently wide receiver twelve. I don't expect that to stay. But does he stay as a top twenty-four wide receiver for the rest of the season? Is he's a solid play because he normally I think he's, he had, he's had multiple seasons he where he's where he's started off hot like this, where through five seven weeks he's top yeah, ten to fifteen. The times that that happened, yeah, and then he fades off. But does he actually stay there this time? I think, I think he's he top does. twelve. Okay, barring injury, obviously. I think he's. I think he's top twelve still. And to answer your question, twenty four definitely. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I think he. I think he's a guy. If you got him on your roster, he's a, at worst your wide receiver too. Mm-hmm. At worst, you know. Um, I think at I, worst he finishes like eighteenth on the year. Yeah, okay. at the absolute worst, I would say. Yeah, he's been pretty consistent. I mean, he's not getting a ton. Like he's not getting like. You know, five plus receptions every game, but mm-hmm. he's been efficient with every touch that he gets, and he's been almost a lock for a touchdown every single week. So, 
I don't necessarily expect the touchdown run to continue. Like I don't I don't expect him to finish with twelve plus touchdowns on the year or anything like that. Yeah. But if he's gonna be a solid, you know, four for fifty every single week. Then That's all you need is that touch, all you need That's is that touchdown good. every other week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I'm with it. Talking about, you know, bad teams. Maybe we could talk about a good one for a little bit of a change of pace. How about them Eagles? Yeah. Took it to the Rams at home. Uh, Rams were at home. Um, Jalen Hurts racked up 375 yards total, two touchdowns, one interception. Um, A.J. Brown had a fucking field day. Yeah. DeAndre Swift is solid. You know, um, Matthew Stafford, he put on a really good performance. 222 yards, two TDs, no interceptions. Rushing attack-wise, they looked abysmal for Los Angeles. Uh, what are we thinking here, boys? Just, I think this was like kind of a boring game. Like when I was watching it, it was, it was a more defensive-oriented game, and it just felt like the Eagles just kind of had it. It felt like the Rams came in and they weren't like, "We're gonna beat you." They're like, "We're gonna, con- we're gonna put up points on you and not let you whoop us too bad." That's kind of what we're gonna, the vibe was. We're going to put up a fight, but not too we're hard gonna, of a fight to win. Yeah, like I, they only had the ball for 22 minutes that game, man. Yeah. I, I just think that the Eagles, I, like I said, I think they're slightly worse this year. Slightly. Not a lot. Than last year. But their thing that they're doing this year is I feel like they're playing down to their opponents this season. I feel like they're the Michigan of the NFL right now. Where they're they, they, they're going to win but they're not winning the way you want them to. Yeah. Or the mm-hmm. way that they're capable of with, with what you see on paper. And whether that's because the Rams are playing better right now than I expected them to, possible. Yeah. But I don't know. I just I don't think it's – the defense is good. The defensive line is arguably deeper and better, and their linebacking core is the same. But I think that what's slowing them down a bit <laughs> is they're incorporating – the running backs more because Swift's emergence. Mm-hmm. And whereas like they ran a lot last year with the running backs, but none of them were as as efficient as what Swift's doing right now. And so they're learning that while also the secondary has gotten worse. I think their secondary is not top seven like it was last year anymore. It's more middle of the pack to 20 plus. Mm-hmm. And it's being shadow and it's being covered up a little bit because they got a good front seven or great front seven. But, and I think that's going to hurt them when they play the other elite teams. Like, that's why I think the Lions can beat them because they have the offensive line in the trenches to stack up against their line to give Goff enough time in the pocket mm-hmm. to beat that secondary. Yeah. And, I but I, I don't know. They're still a great team. You know, they they played in the Super Bowl and they're still undefeated. So, in, until someone beats them or they look really bad, I'll just give them the benefit of the doubt for right now. But they're they're definitely a sus five and O team. Not to the same degree your Steelers were the the other year when they were eleven. Don't be talking shit. Don't be but... talking shit. Don't be talking shit right now. Mapletron looks sweet that season, bro. Shut the fuck hey, up. Maple Mapletron guys. Hey, Mapletron Mapletron got Joey Porter Jr. Where's the where's the kick button? But, no, but I think the, I think the 
I mean, I like it from a fantasy perspective because I have Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown. I like it a lot. But for them to blow the doors off people offensively, they, they, mm. Devontae Smith can't be fourth in the pecking order targets wise two weeks in a row. That's true. That can't be. I mean, but, you know, I'm not saying Goddard and Brown, Brown and Swift. Elite. Yeah, I would say AJ Brown's elite. Goddard's one of the, you know, the seven best tight ends in the league. And I was saying far- in the offseason, you know, I, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if AJ had more targets and receptions and yards, you know, because it's just like he's that good. He just mm-hmm. – the thing is, like, Devontae is like, yeah, he's that flashy first-round pick. He's your guy. But here's the thing. They went and got AJ Brown, who was the Titans guy. And then you just you you got two teams guys, you got two <laughs> top ten wide receivers. It's a great position to be in, and I agree with you, Travis. Like you do, you do need to be feeding the ball down the field more to your talented guys. You need to get them, you need to give them the ball. That's how you, that's how you fucking go ahead and blow the doors off these teams, like the Dolphins. Eventually, have been. they will. Like like the Forty ers have been. Yeah, like the Eagles will to the Lions. It's fine though. Ooh. Wild. Not wild. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised wild. if the Eagles just, beat us. But like, Lions are just one of the few teams I pray for their downfall. That's all. Because you're a closet I, Bears I fan. I don't know why. It's just <laughs> like Lions, Michigan, Baker Mayfield. I pray for their downfall. Well, you're a Michigan State fan and you're a closet Bears fan. That makes sense. Not really a closet Bears fan. I, I've said it. I, I wouldn't call myself a fan, but I enjoy watching them mainly because my. I like the Bears. Whole like my whole dad's side of the family is Bears fan, so it's like That's I have some fair. love for the Bears. You know, so it's like Do we expect and, and this Rams team? Do do we think this Rams team with San Fran being in front of them, being who they are, and Seattle playing well, is there a s- small chance that the Rams make the playoffs? Yes. Because they're they're yes. playing they're they're playing better yes. than expected. Yes. Luka being this good, yes. I mean, we had, we, had, we had three teams from the NFC East last season make the playoffs, so I think this year it's the West because I don't think the Commanders or the Giants are making the playoffs this year. It's just going to be the Eagles and Cow- and maybe the, and the Cowboys. Yeah. I want to say maybe the Cowboys, but eh. but Cowboys will still probably make it. I think, I think it's going to be San Fran, Eagles, Lions, and then the Bucks at this point right now, but I'm not sure. No, I'm go. No, I said New Orleans to start. I'm gonna say New Orleans. So New Orleans, and then was there seven mm-hmm. seeds now? Yep. Was there seven playoff teams now? So five would be Seattle. Yeah. All right, Mister Sports Analyst. Don't you know how many playoff teams they is? And six, <laughs> <laughs> and then six would be Tampa. Whoever's the second seed in the NFC North, or yeah. Than the Rams, that's yeah. yeah. Say, currently, how it stands is San Fran, Eagles, Lions, Bucks, Seahawks, Falcons, Cowboys. It, it that's how it currently stands through five weeks. Yep. Okay. Yeah, but actually, I want to circle back to this segment we just started at the end of the episode. Um. So here's here's what I'm thinking for the rest of the episode. We got one week left. Packers, Raiders, or one game left. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and go over that in just a moment. Let's go ahead and go over Broncos Chiefs because that game is going to be tomorrow. And let's so we get our prediction done. And how about we do a rapid fire through week six, yep. win loss real quick, and yep. then we go ahead and wrap up talking about the current playoff picture. Sounds yeah. good. Good. All so right. A little quick sit start thing. I'm down. 
Yep. So Packers Raiders. And this is like, this was the least exciting game to talk about this week for me. Like, it was just like, this was just so mediocre Packers Raiders. It was just like, whatever, like both Max Crosby's a stud. Did you guys know that Jordan loves questionable as a starting quarterback? Did you guys know that Jimmy Garoppolo is a great field manager? Did you guys know that? It's just, it's just a basic fucking game. Overrated. I did say that I expected the Packers to win twenty eight to seventeen. I did call the Raiders score right, but yeah, they won you instead. Did. <laughs> yeah, They're they also so... had three interceptions to help them get to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it you so know Jacoby over... Myers. Do you guys, do you guys start Jacoby Myers? No. I like him. I would say I, I don't have good. him. Uh, Travis H has him in our league, and he has been starting every week. He's he's been mm-hmm. solid. I think he's a I think solid receiver too. I would say he's, he's a low-end wide receiver player. two, high-end wide receiver three, and a flex floor. He's a very yeah. solid player. He's yeah. doing what everyone thought Hunter Renfro was going to do for that offense. Yeah, because he had 775 in a tutty. So. He's, he's more athletic than Renfro. So. I was saying it during the offseason. You know, I don't know what the hell the Patriots were thinking. Getting rid of Myers and then signing Juju to the same exact deal that Myers got. Like, Jacoby Myers is just the better receiver at this point. Like, the thing is with Juju is, like, you yep. got Ben Roethlisberger passing in the ball. You got it, like, love him, hate him, Hall of Fame caliber quarterback. You got a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback passing you the ball, you know, you're you're going to look a little bit better no matter what. Yep. Jacoby Myers had fucking Mac Jones passing him the ball, and he still looked like a borderline Pro Bowl caliber player. Now he's got Jimmy Garoppolo passing him the ball, and I think he's going to end up looking the same exact way by the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, but like, even bigger than that, though, is like the, the playing calling for the Raiders has been so much better than the Patriots play calling, especially going back to last year. Because you had Bill Pelichick at times, and then you had, what's his fucking name? Why am I forgetting names right now? Jesus Christ. The defensive coordinator for a long time. Mercury old, must be old, in retrograde. Old Lions head coach. Oh, Matt Patricia. Before, yeah. Matt Patricia calling, <laughs> calling offensive plays, which is just he's a, fucking wild. He, I, think, I think, one, honestly, right? he's one of the greatest coaches to ever grace this planet. Like, that's, I think of that. I loved it when of, he was in Detroit. A lot to do with why Jacoby Myers looked not worth Bad. the contract last year. Yeah. I, I think that, that had a lot to do with it. This year with the Raiders, he's on a better scheme, better, frankly, better team. He's actually been able to show his talent a lot more than he was. If anyone ever says Matt Patricia was a good coach again, I'm going to just jump off this roof. Okay, (laughs) Matt Patricia was a good coach. He was the best coach ever. He's better than Madden. He's better than he's better than Chuck Knoll. He's better than Bill Belichick. Come on, jump, jump, jump! Live stream. Yeah, I'm just no. kidding. <laughs> content, content, content. No, shame, shame. Be screaming about about content. So here we go. <laughs> I, I do be screaming about content, don't I? Uh, <laughs> all right. I think that's a wrap on that week. Um, any last re- sentiments on, that we didn't get to cover? Jordan Love sucks. Jordan Love sucks. Yeah, overrated as fuck. Yep. All right. And, and uh, who's the wide receiver long term? for Green Bay because we haven't actually had a chance to really see all three, three of them on the field together. They've all taken turns being hurt. It, it's Watson. I think Watson's the answer. I think he's... Mm. I You can see on his route running. You can see on his ability of separation. You can see on his ability of speed. Like, you can see that he is able to read the field and he's doing it effectively at a high level. 
Christian Watson is not the issue on that offense, and I think he has earned that respect as wide receiver one. You know, um, okay. he's got Jordan think, Love throwing him the ball, though. I think and, Christian Watson long-term, but this year, maybe into next year, Romeo Dobbs. That's fair. I would probably say. Uh, I don't just know if because it takes his, over for Watson, man. I just no, can't I don't, see I that. don't think so. Not long-term, but I think in the short term, it stops. It could be. It could be. I just Personally. don't. I think, I think it's already over for Dobbs. I, I think I, I get your argument, and I understand it, and I agree with it. I just think – we can agree term. to disagree. That's fine. I'm not Dude, trying to just for like you. the rest of this year is is Romeo Dobbs. I think personally, just because yeah. of what they've he's displayed on the field and what chemistry he already has with Jordan Love, like the rest of this year, I think it's Dobbs's job to lose. But long term, it is Christian Watson. I think he's the much better receiver and the better talent. That, but that's where I'm at. I think that Watson mm-hmm. has already done it. I think he already took the job. That's fair. We can agree to that's disagree just on that I'm one. At. Yeah. Broncos, Chiefs, is there much to talk about, actually, with this game? No, I think uh, the only thing we're going to talk about is do the Broncos keep it within 30. <laughs> do you start Russell Wilson this week? Actually, let's have a yes. real conversation about and that. In two QB leagues, yes. I think he's currently like QB 8 in our league, actually, on the season. I think, I think the Chiefs' defense is weak enough that you can, you can start him. I agree. Do you start Jerry Personally. Judy this week? Uh, probably start Gordon Sutton over Judy. Personally, everybody always says that, and then fucking Cortland Sun only scored ten points every I week. I don't trust anyone. <laughs> out. Every week, the Broncos' offense. It's the only one I'm Outside playing. Of is, Russell is, Wilson is, 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 is the Russell. only one I'd be confidently starting. But if I needed like a another wide receiver, I'd probably put in Cortland Sun over Judy. So what final score prediction? Go ahead, call it right now. Mm-hmm. Thirty-eight Chiefs, forty-two seventeen, in favor of the Chiefs. 30-24. All right. In favor of the Broncos. Ooh, spicy. Every dog has their day. Every dog has their day, man. <laughs> That's true. And, you know, like, well, here's, the there's... here's my thing. Like, this Broncos team, they're awesome. playing they're playing the Chiefs. It's a divisional matchup. Mm-hmm. So, like, for me, like, divisional matchups, especially a good game, like, like you know, Broncos-Chiefs, that gets an audience. It's mm-hmm. one of those games. It's hard for me to, like, look at the scale as like if the Chiefs were playing the Broncos and they were in a divisional matchup, 70% Chiefs. But because it's a divisional matchup, it brings it down to like 60%. Broncos kind of got hot later in that game last week. And the Chiefs aren't necessarily looking like world breakers. They just look very good. Um, mm-hmm. is, I, Don't if there's a right way to do it, that. it's on Thursday night in a divisional matchup. Like there's yep. a chance. There's a chance. Um, I, I can see it. But that so being we, said, we're, we're firing up Pacheco, we're firing up Mahomes, firing Kelsey. up Kelsey. Yep. We're firing up for us in two QB leagues. And that's probably the only one I'd start in the Broncos. And then take the only one I'd want to start for any, sure. The, and no wide receiver, any wide oh, wait, receiver no dart throw for uh, Kansas City? Dart throw? Any wide receiver, you, if you had the flex one from Kansas City, who would you choose this week? Oh, Kelsey? <laughs> <laughs> that's cheating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If I could I start agree. Kelsey at my receiver, <laughs> I think right. I think Rice has been the most consistent. Don't you mean? Of... Don't you mean Swift? Travis Swift? Maybe, maybe Justin <laughs> Watson? Or she Rice? All right, Shane, why don't you lead us <laughs> off with the rapid fire? All right, Ravens, Titans, Ravens. Yeah, Ravens, Ravens win it. 
Easy. Panthers, Start. Dolphins. Panthers, Dolphins. Dolphins. You're starting. Do- you're starting yeah. Hill. Tua. Wow. Fuck everyone yep. else. Yeah, Waddle, I guess. You want to reverse to the Ravens Titans real quick? I didn't get give you a chance to start and sit. Who you starting in on Ravens Titans? Lamar, Mark Andrews, Titans. Flowers? No. I'm starting Flowers this week because I don't like the Titans secondary. Titans. I think this is a blow up game. It could be. Yeah. <laughs> it could be, but it's sure at 9 30 a.m., bro. I'm sorry. Some I'm... weird shit's about to happen. 8 30 a.m. actually, thank you. I'm gonna okay, say something. I'm gonna loser. say you don't play. <laughs> I'm gonna say Andrews, Lamar, Flex, Flowers, and I think you don't start Tannehill this week at all. But I think you flex both Tyja Spears and Derrick Henry, especially with the chatter that's been coming out of Tennessee today. Nah, I'm still only going one or the other. Fair. That's fair. Tannehill, Tannehill. If you need a quarterback, otherwise, just plop him okay. on your bench. Yeah, 110. percent Um. Saints, Texans. CJ Stroud, Nico Collins. Yeah. Tank? Maybe. I'm tank starting Dell. Tank. I'm starting Tank him. on flex. Tank Dell. On the Saints side of the ball. Chris Olave. Yeah. Kamara yep. with the work he's been getting. Yep. Oh, Kamara's Derek Carr. RB. I think is yeah. Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr could start this week. Yes. Honestly. Uh, yeah. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. No, don't start any, Carr any this week. For the Michael Thomas this week? Good. At the end of the day, I think the, no. the Texans win it like 31 to 14. I yeah. think it's going to be like a mild blow type of game. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I, I just I'm think the Texans defense that. is too good for the Saints to overcome. <laughs> I, I don't like the Saints' chances in this game, unfortunately. I, I'm going to actually say that the Saints are going to win a close one, 24-21. I'm taking Texans. I want to be seeing the Texas win because of the way they've been playing. Commies, I... Falcons. Mm. Falcons. Falcons. I'm going to take, I'm going to take Falcons. You know what? I'm going we still, Commanders. We still got another episode this week. So on Friday, we're going to begin in depth. So like, I like quick starts and sits. I we like ain't Commanders. Don't analyze because we, we want content. Don't don't be giving I, up I, our content right now, bro. Come up. on. I like, I like Commanders <laughs> in this. I think the Commanders got a good enough. I'm just enough teasing you, Travis, defense. I, I think the Commanders got a good enough offense. And a and a very good and a good enough offense to win. I do too. I just don't trust them right now. Ron Rivera seems checked out to me. Um, I think Atlanta's going to have a bounce. This is this is be their bounce back. Uh, Bijan's going to have a bounce back game. I think too. Desmond Ritter arrived last week. I don't. So I think yeah. Atlanta. I think Atlanta wins an ugly game this week. 24 to 17. I think it's going to be like 24 21 Commanders win. I think 14 10 Commanders. That's fair. We start, we start in Bijan. We start in Howell. We start in. I, That's it. I, I, yeah. Maybe Ritter, but I. I uh, desperation shot would be Ritter for me. My desperation would be Pitts just because he finally had a decent week last season or last week. Last, yeah, I would say last season. That was a little, little bit good. <laughs> I mean, it feels like it, right? <laughs> but yeah, that's mine. All right, All right Colts, Jaguars. You... Colts. Uh, I... Colts, Jaguars. Yeah. Let's go ahead and hop into that. Like, sure. I don't know. Like, I, I personally don't start anybody from that game. I don't think it's going to be a good game fantasy wise. Like, 
it's just one of those games. Like, it's going to be too low scoring. It's not going to be able – I don't think yards are going to be coming in plenty. And points alone, like, definitely aren't going to be coming in plenty. With that being said, that's that's my position on it. I would start T-Law and Travis Etienne on the jack side of the ball. I was talking about Commanders Falcons, by the way. Yeah, when I said, yeah, oh, Commanders Falcons. Okay, I thought yeah, we moved you, on to the Jags and Indy already. Austin, you and literally then, said, what about you, Shane? You yeah. But then, he, <laughs> then he, but then he said the next game already, so I was... I, I, I said, oh, my bad. Or... I said, oh, I literally said, oh, my bad. Oh, I didn't right. I'm, def, I'm deaf as hit. Yeah, you're dumb as fuck. So. You fucking... <laughs> deaf. There's a difference. I'm going to get you so man. many crayons, bro. Colts, Jags. Colts, Jags. Jags win... Jags, Jags win pretty handily. 28 to 21. Actually, you know, after you're like talking, Jack- I think there's a chance the Colts could actually do it. Like, now I'm thinking I mean, about it a little bit more. Depends on like, which Jacksonville shows up. Non-London yeah. or... <laughs> True. That's fair. No, like, the thing is, like, with the Jags, it's like... I'm not confident in them, but I'm feeling more and more confident with the Colts every day. Mm-hmm. Like, the Colts are starting to leave the sleeper territory to be, like, just good. Like, yeah. And like the Jaguars, I don't feel like are proving that they're a good team right now. I don't. You know, they're they are miss. a good team. If they, they are if a good they team, co- if they come in and steamroll the Colts good. after beating Buffalo, then I'll start being like, okay, maybe they're turning the corner again. But yeah. I want to see them do it. Yeah. We start we we firing up T Law, we firing up Eatonian. That's about it from the Jags. No Everyone. Ridley or Kirk. I'm, I think you I'm can. Taking, but I'm taking I, them I, on flex, I, but I don't feel comfortable starting them against this Colts defense. That's been pretty good. I think well, uh, I think it's going to be spread around <laughs> a lot more. Yeah, that some people may think. I don't think it's going to really go to all one person, or mostly one 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 player. I could see like eighty hmm. and a tutty, which would be good, but not great. That's definitely your starting lineup worthy, but I, I just don't foresee that really happening. And then the Colts, I mean, the way Gardner Minshew has played to let his last two starts, I'd probably start him up if I needed a quarterback. I wouldn't be trusting it confidently, but I would play him if I needed to start a quarterback. Maybe Michael Pittman for the Colts. I like Pittman in this matchup. Mm -hmm. Especially Especially the way Zach Moss has been running the ball and then getting JT back. Yeah. Like, I think there's gonna be some receivers open this week. Zach, um, you start Zach Moss, put him in your lineup. I'm flexing JT and Moss this week. I I don't know. I don't. I don't. Okay. I don't know how the work's gonna shake up yet. I don't Commander know if Falcons. JT's gonna. Where did did that one? Oh yeah, you're right. I'm a Seahawks. You dumb, I'm you dumbass. I, my cursor moved. God, Jesus Christ. I, I was like, I thought we just talked, like, in my head, I literally thought to myself, I was like, I thought we just talked about Commander's Falcons, and I decided to yeah, trust myself, and then I... Well, you're wrong. Okay, let me take off the sunglasses. I'm not fucking around anymore. Okay. All right, do you, do you see that? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Do you see that door behind you? <laughs> Let's walk through it. All right, anyways. <laughs> what game did you say it was next? Oh, I forgot where we left off. This is the podcast. I hate fucking talking to you guys. You guys are my worst enemies. I hate you. <laughs> I take the glasses. I need to put my sunglasses back on so I can just fucking get some kind of fucking contraceptive from you guys hitting my eyes. 
Oh my god! <laughs> You're so welcome. So, so you said Se- Seahawks, Bengals. Seahawks, Bengals, quick. All right. Uh, Bengals win it. Bengals, 30-24. Burrow, Chase Higgins. And then Walker and DK. Travis, go. Uh, I say same for the starts. For Burrow, Chase Higgins, Walker, and uh, DK. But I think Seattle actually pulls this off 30-27. to I would love that. Vikings, Bears. One battle one and four for the NFC North. I think the Bears take this. No JJ. Bears are gonna surprise. Vikings, Vikings defense is I think the Vikings defense is arguably the like their bottom three defense. They're bad. They I, are bad, bad. That Denver's defense is the only one I might say like without questions worse. Mm-hmm. And the way Justin Fields and DJ Moore looked last week, I don't feel good about the Vikings, especially with no JJ and no running game. Vikings so, win it in my book. Okay. I'll take the Vikings. That's I'll take the Bears. I'll take I'll take 49ers I'll take, Browns. 49ers Browns. Who are you taking Travis real quick? Vikings Bears. 49ers. Who are you Vikings Bears. I'm going I'm going Bears in the Vikings. Okay. He already said Browns. it. He already said it. Jesus. I just want to double check. He was finishing oh the statement. God. I cut him off because I was being a dickhead. Yeah, yeah, dickhead. So San yeah, Fran Cleveland. 49ers. San Fran. 40, 49ers. 49ers by 25. Yeah, I was going to say 20, 25 to 30. And you start Brock Purdy. You start Christian McCaffrey. You don't it's start any, you, you literally don't start anybody. On... There will be elf blood. Maybe mm, you start Amari I'd Cooper. Start Cooper. I would say maybe Amari Cooper. That's about it. I'd probably start him. Patriots, Raiders. Oh. <laughs> so the two teams that are going to be in the XFL next year, yeah. Um, yeah. No kidding, Jesus Christ. Patriots. Mm, the only one I'm thinking about is Ramondre. Yeah, that's the only, only one, one I'm that considering. I would, and that would be a flex for me. And then you start Devontae Adams, you flex Jacoby Myers, and then you start Josh Jacobs just because of the capital you put into yeah. him. And that's it. exactly. And then Lions Bucks. Lions Bucks. You start Goff, you start Aminra, you start God, Porta, you start Monty. You start I think all Lions of them. take care of business. It's gonna be I think the big. Lions win handily by like 14. I'm not going to say any more than that just because the Bucks can Bucks be defense pretty. Is good. The Bucks defense is good, and Mike Evans, I think, can give our defense some problems. But I, mm-hmm. I you, you sit Rashad White this week. We have the number one rush defense right now. And Baker in a two QB league, you can play, and then you. I think you can flex Godwin and Evans. Yep. I agree. 100%. But Lions take care of business, I think, 31-17. Cards, Rams. Cardinals. Cards, Rams. I'd be starting Joshua Dobbs. Hollywood Brown. I'll take your cards. Start both QBs. I like the cards. I, I like their their Matthew odds, Rams. but I think the Rams are going to win it. Rams, yeah. you start Matthew Stafford, Puka. Cooper Cup and Kyron Williams, Kyron Williams, and maybe I think Higby, Higby, maybe Higby somebody if you can need another wide receiver. I think you could start Higby for a tight end this week as well. You could, but yeah. Eagles, Jets. Rams, Rams take care of business. 20, I'm taking 24. cards. I'm taking cards. By I, I wouldn't be surprised the way they're playing. Honestly, mm-hmm. what was Eagles, that Jets. Said? Eagles, Eagles, Jets, Eagles, Eagles, easy. I think Eagles you easily high. start Jalen Hurts, Goddard, Brown, 
maybe Smith. Smith has been up and down this year. I, I would think about Demonte Smith with those other three players that I said I would definitely confidently start. Sitting Zach Travis, Wilson. I'm starting I'm, Brees Hall. I'm starting Brees Hall. I'm starting Garrett Wilson this week, actually, because I don't believe in – like. As much as it's going to hurt me to say it, because a huge part of my personal fantasy team success is the Eagles' offense, because I have Hurts mm-hmm. and AJ Brown. I, I think this is a game that the Eagles can lose. They're playing in New York. Mm-hmm. The Jets playing have a defense capable of doing it. They're, well, they're playing in New Jersey, but like, yeah, but Meadowlands. But uh, I, I think the Jets actually upset the Eagles this week. I see. I, I something just seems right about it. Hmm. Yeah. An ugly game, too. Like 21-17 for no reason. Okay. That's an interesting take. I can vibe with it. (laughs) Uh, Giants. I don't don't think the Giants have a shot. Giants by three. Saquon Saquon comes back, I think Giants by three. I knew you were ugly. (laughs) Yeah, I am. I I mean, (laughs) I hope Saquon plays well. I got him, but uh, if he comes back, but I I think the Bills win quite handily in this one. Are like, you starting him his first week back? I have Saquon? no choice. Fuck my yeah. running back depth, yeah. Fuck yeah, I'm starting Saquon week one back, dude. If you got Saquon on your team, who else you got? All right, Travis, you better start him. I am uh, him and Derek Henry are starting Chargers. <laughs> uh, Chargers. Uh, this one's Cowboys. hard because. Let's because the, char- the Chargers are the Cowboys of the AFC, I swear to God. <laughs> they, are. they are. Starting Dak and CeeDee Lamb, that's about but it. Justin for the Herbert's actually good. I'm going to put that out there. <laughs> that's true. Starting Herbert, Austin Eckler, if he plays. Yep. Eckler's playing. He back. Mike Williams. Uh, Mike, Mike Williams is supposed Mike's to be coming back. He's done. I have it stuck in my brain that he had like a two to three week injury. He's been done for like hell? two weeks, man. Yeah, but Remember, Keenan I was Al- saying this last week yeah. too. Yes, I was you, literally you saying start... I thought I thought he had a two to three week injury. Idiot. Yeah. yeah. So you start you start Herbert Eckler and Keenan Allen, and then what about Quinn Johnson? You could flex him. I think you could flex him this week. Okay. Shame what about you, man. I'm starting. I, I, I think this say... is a shootout. So I like. Hmm. Any any big name that you can go ahead and get, you know, I'm starting Dak this week. I say, I'm starting yeah. Justin Herbert this week. I'm starting Austin Eckler. I'm starting Pollard, Pollard. CD. You know, like I'm starting CD. Mm-hmm. I'm starting, you know, like, I'm I'm just starting everybody that I can yeah. in this game. This is gonna be like one of those thirty five like Michael Gallup in this game too. Yeah, I could see it. Damn. I think this is. I don't think that this will be a war of nutrition. I think it's just gonna be nuclear warfare. And I'm excited <laughs> to see it. That being said, Chargers 38, Cowboys 35. Yep. Cowboys 42, Chargers 35. Chargers 42, Cowboys 35. Okay. Little bitch asses. All right, guys. Uh, all right. Wait, Fuck we still shit. got playoff picture. Playoff oh, picture, yeah, I forgot. Yeah. AFC side right now, Chiefs, number one seed. Dolphins, number two seed. Steelers, number three seed. Jaguars, mm-hmm. number four seed. Colts, number five seed. Ravens, number six seed. Bills, number seven seed. Mm-hmm. What do we think of there? I don't think... I If the Steelers keep playing like this, there's no way they hold on to that. Not there's just not a way. I, I think the the teams that are going to make the playoffs are all there, but I think the seeding will be different by the end of the season. So you don't think the Chargers can squeeze in? You don't think the Bengals <sighs> squeeze in? 
I think the, I think the Bengals are going to have the hardest time doing it just because I don't, I'm not fully trusting their defense. I think the Bengals and, and Chargers squeeze in and, and take like Jacksonville and the Colts a spot. Or not Jacksonville, the Colts and the Steelers spot. Personally. I can see that. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. That's exactly where I'm at. You know, um, I think the Steelers do have, like, they do have the aces in their sleeve right now. Mm-hmm. They are in control. They are in control, you know, like, and that does help. Um, but if they can't figure out their offensive woes, they're, they're not they're going not to gonna, be a playoff team. They're, they're not going to survive. Yeah. Like, right now, they're, you, you, if the Steelers defense was playing with the Steelers offense that was like half as good, like mm-hmm. we'd be talking about the Steelers defensive unit like it's one of the best defenses of all time. Yeah. But because they but because, you know, they are letting up thirty points on both those losses, because, you know, they're just getting fucking annihilated because their offense is just like not helping them. Mm-hmm. Like the Steelers are looking like an eight and nine, nine and eight team at this point. Like they need to buckle down, and their offense needs to come out and get them an additional two or three wins if they want to keep that playoff spot. Yep. Um, with the Colts, I think that they're a team that can go ahead and keep that spot. I wouldn't be surprised if they win the division. Um, I think I think only one AFC South team ends up making it though, because I think that the I think the Bengals end up coming back in too hot, and it's going to be a little bit scary, you know. Um, and you know. I think I think there's a chance that the Steelers make it, and that last spot ends up being like Steelers or Chargers. Um, from what I'm looking at, those are the changes that I'm going to be making on the AFC side, NFC side. I like Travis, it. did you want to say anything? By the way, no, I kind of agree. I mean, I can see the Chargers sneaking in. I just, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the Bengals end up coming back and winning the division, but there's, especially now that Cleveland doesn't have an offensive identity, which I've mm-hmm. gone. But if the Steelers can somehow figure their offense out at all, then it's going to be hard because the Steelers' defense is 10 times what Cincy says. Mm-hmm. So I'm less confident in Cincy making, coming back and winning the division. But I wouldn't be surprised, I guess. But I could see it. I don't think that they could be at the Ravens. I think the Ravens are like. The Steelers can win this division. I think the Steelers have full control of this division. Their offense can pull their head out of the ass halfway. Mm. Like, yeah. that's that's what that is. Is like, the Steelers can win this division. I think the Steelers can realistically be a first seed in the AFC. If they, if they just get a decent offense. Because their defense is that good. Like, dude, their defense has like fucking 21 or 28 points on, their se- on the season. Mm-hmm. Like, not, yeah. not off turnovers. Like, yeah. three touchdowns, three or four fucking touchdowns. They're averaging, like, a TD a week. Like, you... Your defense can't be that good and you still have two losses. Yes. That's what it boils down to. Yeah. Like, if the Steelers' offense even plays at a level where they're getting 300 yards per average, 300 yards a game on average throughout the rest of the season, they could they could actually get the first seed in the AFC North. But because their offense is not going to do that, and that's not a realistic scenario, like, the Steelers are going to be fighting for their fucking lives between six and the bubble. Like, that's just where they're at. 
And because of that, you know, that's yep. where the Chargers are going to slip in. That's where the Bengals are going to slip in. With that being said, let's hop over to the NFC side. 49ers lead it off with number one seed, Eagles number two, Lions number three, Bucks number four, Seahawks number five, Falcons number six, Cowboys number seven. You got teams on the bubble like the Saints, Packers, Rams, Commanders, Bears. That's the order of the bubble currently. What are we thinking? And also, should uh, I say, this is change. an interesting stat. Um, I want to cut in with this before we get into anything else. There are five teams in the NFC that are one and four or worse, and there's only mm-hmm. two in the AFC. I was saying, I think the teams on the bubble, the only three teams in the NFC that have a chance on the bubble are the Saints, Bears, and Rams. You don't think Commanders could pull it off? No, no. I just their defense. You don't think is... they could win the division? No, by chance. You don't think they could take out the Eagles, bro? No. Seriously? I just, yeah, I don't think I don't think they're gonna even get second. Just I think Cowboys are gonna finish second in the division again. Yeah. So I don't know. Fuck the Bucks. Let's go Saints. <laughs> it's about I where that. I'm at. I feel it. It's about where I'm I at think... with this. I think, I think we know what teams are, barring injury right now. I think we've kind of... There's a couple teams I still, I still think figuring out their identity a little bit, but for the most part, I think we know what teams are right now. Yeah, um, I think... I think the Falcons are going to go ahead and win that division in the South. And then... I, I really it. would not be surprised to see that the Saints creep in, and somehow the Bucks end up missing the playoffs after starting 3-1. and one. I could see that. I think <laughs> it's a lot that the Lions win the North. At this at this juncture, they've proven it. it it's that they play at this level. It's theirs to lose, exactly. Same thing with the Eagles 49ers. You know, like I feel like our top three seeds are set. They could shuffle between those three. I mm-hmm. think the Lions, you can you can honestly have a conversation with the Lions right now and say there's a chance that they take the number one seed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially since the Eagles and 49ers play each other in the regular season still. Yep. So and also, what was the Lions one loss on the year? Hmm. It's against the Seahawks. Uh, Seahawks, yeah. Yeah. Which, and, which is that a, over is the that last three loss? seasons since we've been playing Wait, better? No, it's is not. Is the Seahawks a divisional loss? No. Nope. Oh, shit. So, like. It's a conference loss. It's like the fourth tiebreaker. Yeah. So, so, like, you know, you're looking at it like that. It's like 49ers do have a tough division. Eagles do have a tough division. Like, you know, the Eagles do have to play the Cowboys twice a year. You know, the 49ers have to play the Seahawks twice a year. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and God forbid, you know, like the Rams end up pulling off an upset, like they tend to do. What's the season against the 49ers? You know, or God forbid, you know, like the the Commanders pull off their annual upset of the best team in the division. You know, like yeah. now you got now that's a real conversation that the command that the Lions are the number one seed in the NFC. Like this yeah. is a realistic scenario because when you. When you go ahead and flip that conversation over to the NFC yeah, North, one, one divisional upset, apply. and then the fact that the 49ers just doesn't have to play each other way. still. Yeah. Like, because the Lions, okay, can the Lions beat the Packers efficiently? Fuck yeah, they can. Yep. Can the Lions beat the Bears efficiently? Fuck yeah, Fuck they yeah. can. Can the Lions beat the Vikings efficiently? Yes. I don't, yep. like, it will have to be a big upset for them to even, like, lose a divisional game this season. And because of that, like, I think the Lions had the most control in the NFC. Mm-hmm. Even though they're the third seed, yeah, I think as the season I, goes I on, would we'll argue see that that. Move. I, I would agree with that. Yeah, I, I like the situation for the Lions. I will, I will say that they're not the best team in the NFC, even though they have the most control. I still think San Fran is. I agree. The favorite Easy. in the NFL overall, but 
I do think the road to them finishing at the one seed is a very realistic one, like you said. Mm-hmm. The Eagles and San Fran play against their like their divisional opponents or juggernauts, and they have to play each other too. So like the control, a, one of them, the one of them the are taking a lot of their are taking a loss guaranteed because they play each other. So yep. unless they tie, yeah. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> so like it's very real. Like at at worst, if the Lions sneak into the second seed, because whatever team loses. To between in that game, if one of if that same team also is the one that slips up in the division, then boom, mm-hmm. there it is. Exactly, hundred ten percent. I like but, it. All right, well, well, that's that's it for tonight, folks. Uh, thanks for joining in and uh, taking our uh, shenanigans with you. Yeah, hopefully we, my voice wasn't too bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was something funny. coming up if you're in the. Battle Creek Cowan County area, Saturday, October 28th from 5 to 8 p.m. at the One Nation Tap House. We're going to be having our trunk retreat with Ricky and it's more than just fights and the uh, Guns Down Gloves Up movement. We're going to be having, you know, tables of candy for the kids. We're going to have booths for kids to interview their parents. uh, Little Tykes basketball hoops set up. We're going to have local fighters out there to meet the fighters and you put some equipment on spar. We're going to have a snake. Come get some autographs from Travis and I. Right. We we actually have a guy out there that's going to have snakes and so you can go see some animals and stuff. Yeah. It's, gonna be, it's gonna be fun. It's all free. Just come yep. out there for the community. Come support. Um, we'll be there for you. And uh, until next time, Austin, I hate Austin, you. end it. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> end okay. it. Who end gives it. him? Why do we always decide to give him the power? <laughs> I don't know. Y'all don't. It's fuck still up. going, Austin. End the fucking recording. <laughs> Good night. <laughs>